That could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern day Yoda. I'm your Huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone. And you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, October 16th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in the heart of Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, if you want your MBA, you want to get it in just 12 months, you want to feel like you're being paid to do so in the process, only one place is going to make that happen for you. It is the U of L College of Business they got you covered uh, in the world of data visualization. If you want to get acclimated with essential tools like R Python, Power BI, machine learning, and more, they've got courses available for you both online and in person. To learn more, visit business.louisville.edu backslash MSBA. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the planet Earth. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here. Trevor Kelsey is here. We didn't think he was going to be at the end of last week. He'll be here today. He'll be out for the rest of the week. I'm sure he's very excited about that. Uh, a, I regretted a it. Great like, I don't know about, I don't want to say 9.30ish on Saturday night. A great show to be here doing for your one appearance this week. Uh, we have plenty to get to, and we will take texts from you guys, of course, on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. But this is the Monday show that we didn't want to do. This is the Monday show that I think we were scared of doing on Friday. This is the Monday show we've been hoping to avoid for... The entirety of the season, it's the return of Let's Talk About It Monday. Mm. We have to talk about it. Mm. It was all of our worst fears, I think, combined, coming to, to life on Saturday night in Pittsburgh. The vibes were off all week. We discussed it. We tried to hide it. But we knew, I mean, if you're listening to the show, I think there were a few of you out there who were like, there's nothing to worry about with this game. Pitt sucks. We're going to roll. This is the easiest seven-point cover I've ever seen in my entire life. I feel like most people I talk to, if I'm getting a gauge based on people who've reached out, my friends, my family, all that good stuff, certainly my own feelings, I think there were a lot of people out there that came into Saturday night's game thinking, we maybe not we're going to lose this, but whoa boy, we may be in for another nervy evening here. It felt like it, I mean, everything about the game's just scream trap. You've got the bad weather. You've got the the history of Jeff Brom losing after his best wins throughout his coaching career. You've got all the national attention. There's a segment on College Game Day talking about is Louisville this year's TCU. You've got a pit team that has 
been a thorn in your side for basically the last decade, uh, one that you had not beaten at their place since 2012. You still have not beaten them at their place since 2012. You've got rain in the forecast. You've got a, tur- a, a grass field that is among the worst in the NFL when the players vote every single year. And then on top of it, you know, we knew we, we heard on Friday that Jamari Thrash had been a little bit banged up and was dealing with a wrist injury and might not play. Turns out Thrash was was okay. He was he was good to go. Yeah, but wish I'd known that since benching him on my fantasy team. Yeah. Jawar Jordan was not good to go, and we found that out before the game. I mean, I a couple people came to me on uh, on Saturday night, and they were like, "Yeah, I'd actually heard this, but I didn't want to like ruin your mood." I'm like, "Well, you could have at least let me know." I, I would have appreciated a little bit of a heads up that he had tweaked a hamstring in practice, and you know, we saw very little of Jawar Jordan. We didn't see any of Renato Brown at right guard. He was out for the game, so all of that came together to create the perfect storm of trapness. Not a word, but it's going to be today. The perfect storm of trapness, and Louisville got got. Louisville is now no longer among the ranks of the unbeatens. It was one of the more frustrating overall games that I can remember. We're going to get into all the reasons why, because at the risk of doing exactly what Notre Dame did to us last week and that frustrated me, I think we're going to be here. We're going to be like, I still don't think Pitt's very good. Like, like I, I don't think Pitt even played very well in this game. I think it was almost entirely about us and what we did and did not do for four full quarters uh, that was just so exasperating and still has me very much down in the dumps on this Monday afternoon. We'll get to all that. We're going to start in just a second. But, Trevor, uh, before we do any of that, i got to say, besides the, the, the football fandom, because you had the Eagles too yesterday. How are you? I mean, when it rains, it pours, right? <laughs> really, I mean, really, no pun intended to the outside. But you I mean, were worried about the game yesterday too, I, and I was. I, I was worried about. I was worried more, much more about Philly's game than I was Louisville. I mean, that's the honest truth. I mean, obviously, I knew you know everything you said. You know, be on the road for Louisville and circumstances did have you know had me a little bit of worry, but not. I was still confident Louisville would win the game. Really had confidence. Philly, I was. I mean, I even bet. I even took the Jets plus six points, so I did win. I got the emotional hedge of winning money off that game, as opposed to to uh, to not winning the game. But yeah, it's I don't know. It's kind of a down weekend. That's I mean, I mean, I did get to see some family on 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 Saturday though. That I mean, this is like back to back weekends. I've got to actually hang out with some family, so that was kind of cool. Down. Weekend. That a little bit, yeah. Not sure which side you're going with. with, with I, I, that, I, I'm, I'm, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm to tell them this is the last time I ever do any kind of family gathering when, when Louisville's during a gameplay. Somebody immediately DM me and they were like, "This isn't about Louisville. It's not Jeff Brom. It's not Jack Plummer's fault. This is about Trevor having to watch the game on his phone." He called it. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. I mean, like the Notre Dame game, I got back in time. Like I was like, so, so maybe if we'd no, because I didn't get home until. You texted me and I ignored your text quickly because I actually did the, I didn't watch it there. I did the recording. I'm gonna stay, you know, media yeah. blackout. I couldn't get a full media blackout because I was leaving. One one of the uh, the guys there was one uh, on my cousin's side. I was like, it's seven all now. Pitt just scored. I'm like, you. Son, I wanted to throw something at him. I was like, give give, give me one of those kids. I'm gonna toss it at him. But at least it's not a huge giveaway. No, no. And I knew the time wise. I was like, okay, it's early in the game, so. When Pitt did score and tied it up, I was like, all right, this is like new fresh to me. I mean, we can get into all the, the ins and outs of the game as we go along through the day, but it was, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just, just like you said. It's like you said with Notre Dame, not to be Notre Dame. I do feel like this was a game that we should have not let fall between them. I mean, it was, no, it was a plumber game. To be fair, 
you know, Notre Dame was trying to say that about us when we were, you know, they can argue that we're still an inferior team, which is a lot easier for them to do on on to this Monday than it was last Monday. Would have been beautiful to not lose this week and then I know. Do what I know. they did. I mean, I know. I know. Uh, but, but you know, we're sitting here talking about a pit team that had not won an FBS game, and, and I think that if you watch that game, it wasn't like, you know, Notre Dame had some self-inflicted stuff against us, certainly last weekend, but I felt like it was at least a solid amount of us in our pass rush and dominating at the point of attack and all that stuff. This game, I mean, the, the stats bear it out. We dominated in a lot of areas, and there's really zero excuse for us to lose that game, let alone to lose it by 17 points. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out where exactly to start because I, I think that there are a couple of places we could go. I'll start with this, though. The game, you know, there are obviously some some big-time plays in, in the, the second half that we're going to highlight. There's some big-time decisions in the second half that we're going to highlight. To me, I think the game was lost at the very beginning because you know, for all the talk about Jeff Brom not being able to get his teams ready and focused the week after a, a, a big victory, the week after a top-10 game, we came out like a, a a damn house of fire. Like th- there was no malaise. There was no, no. well, we're we're screwing up early. Here come the mistakes. We come out, we stop them three and out in their first possession. We get the ball. We go right down the field and score. It's seven nothing. In fact, they don't get a yard. They they don't have positive yardage on their first three offensive possessions of the game. A little bit of, the, of that is because Christian Veyer, the, the new quarterback, was looking extremely jumpy. There was a bad snap on the first drive, but we come out and it's like okay, like like we're setting the tone right here. This is going to be a great night for us. I'm, I mean, after after seeing them and how much we had dominated for the first like eight minutes of that game, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know what I was worried about. We're going to win this thing by 21 points, and us not capitalizing on those opportunities, us just doing, starting to do dumb stuff. The, I mean, everyone talks about a couple of the calls. To me, I, I think the biggest call that the officials made in the entire game was the holding on the the first punt return, which we never saw because the CW coverage was. Was was what it was expected to be, but they sure did love going to Trevor on the sideline too a lot, didn't they? Trevor also apparently gets the blame for reporting before <laughs> the game that Jawar Jordan is not going to play. Uh, like apparently, how he got blamed for that? There was his report. Like like Jeff Brom had said, he had said like uh, something along the lines when they had their conversation. Like I'm not sure we're going to see him uh, tonight. Like I, you know, I'm not sure we're going to see him. And apparently, Trevor was the one who was like, he's he's officially out, and like put it out there. Which then I tweeted, and then I got ham boned for it. But, like, uh, they say that, and literally 45 seconds later, Jawar Jordan's on the field for the first play of the game, and it's like, come on. I mean, we, thank you. He took three carries or something, didn't he? He didn't do much. He was yeah. only out there for the first two series, and then he was he was done. But still, but ha- the, having him out there, it was a lot better than not having him out there. But not having Jawar Jordan doesn't cost Louisville this game. I mean, they should win no. this game with We should have won without Yeah, no, no disrespect to Jawar Jordan. I mean, you can say that we would have won if we'd had him, and I, you know, I, I can listen to that argument, but I won't listen to the argument that we had no chance to win without him because – we should have we should have won the game handily, but the call, yeah. So we get the, the three and out, we go and score. We get another three and out. Kevin Coleman returns the the first punt of the game, I think to like the fifty or maybe right across the fifty. So we're you know after just marching down the field on them very easily on the first drive, we're back in almost in field goal range automatically. And there's a flag thrown for a hold on the punt return, which we never see. I don't think they think I don't think they even said who it was on. And then we end up having to start our drive back at our own ten. Which kind of stalls out a little bit there, and like, like to me, like that was you know that was just a, such a shot in the foot. I mean, was there, <clears> was there ever a game though that, that purifies the? Well, the calls were bad, but they did go both ways. Because I mean, I felt like every pass interference call they they called was I was just kept watching the game like that's, no, that's I don't know about that. I mean, I thought the I thought. 
there were several that they didn't call that I was like, that's very clearly PI. But you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know about both ways. I, I thought that we got a. And I want to be better. I thought that we got a bad whistle. The overturned catch for Kevin Coleman again I no, thought that was, was, was outrageous that was as well. Horrible, yeah. And that's a huge play in the beginning of the game as well. Like that, I think, stifles the momentum. And then Plummer start, you know, we have guys start putting the ball on the ground. We recover a couple of them, thankfully, but those stall drives out. And it just felt like we were moving the ball so easily against them. The fact that we weren't up 14 nothing or 21 nothing, and we could do what we had said on Friday was the goal, which is, you know, just be able to play our game, just grind it out because of the elements, you know, make Bayer throw the ball a little bit. We never got a chance to do that because we never took a multi-score lead. And then out of nowhere, Bayer, who couldn't, you know, he couldn't hit a guy who was 10 yards open, he couldn't come within 50 feet of him on his first five throws, throws a 60-yard bomb that hits the dude in stride. I was like, okay, I don't if, if he's going to do that, I don't know what to do. Jarvis Brownlee had pretty good coverage there. And then we have some injuries start piling up. And, and just I felt like not taking control when it was there for the taking right at the beginning of the game just set the tone for the entire night. We let him get comfortable. We let them get comfortable on both sides of the ball. We let them start to believe a little bit. The little crowd that they had got into the game. And then from that point forward, it was, it was going to be a dogfight. But if, if we just if we don't do the stupid bleep early, and if you know, who knows if that was actually a hold, I think the Kevin Coleman call was wrong. If those things don't happen... I feel like we're playing from head the the entire night, and it's a vastly different game. Um, I, I don't know. Just like to me, we were playing ahead for the most at least the first half. Not the first half. Well, late in the first half, we took you know it was it was seven seven, then it was fourteen fourteen, then it was twenty one fourteen going into the break, and that was that was good. But like we never had a two score lead. No, is my no. point. We never like had a lead where you felt like you know where they didn't have the ball with a chance to either tie or go in front, and I. I think because of that, they never felt that pressure. They never felt that, oh, boy, this is a legitimately a top-15 team. We have to be damn near perfect to beat them. Well, the, the chance and they got ta- super comfortable. The chance of taking a two-score lead was one of the big turning points in the game was when we went forward on what, the 30 yard, our 30-yard line. We're going to get there. We're going we're gonna to get there. I know. I'm just saying, but that was that was the point where we, we were up 21-14. Where you, that's the drive. You, you, take, you, take, you can take that two-score lead, and you put yourself in the driver's seat. But, you know, I'm, we know what happened. Well, I guess we can just talk about it. <laughs> if you want it. I was, wasn't, wasn't going to jump ahead quite yet, but we can. So to start the second half, I, I think that Jeff Brom was just as frustrated as all of us because he saw the team. We kept just moving the ball so effectively on them. The defense was playing well outside of a couple of big plays. Uh, I know when Brownlee got hurt, they did go right at Storm Duck a few times. But I think that that really led to his decision. I think, I think he was upset because he had – he kept thinking, we're going to put them away. We're, we're going to put the, the, the foot on the throat, and we're going to run away from these guys. And it didn't happen in the first half. So he's like, all right, first drive, second half. We've got it scripted. This is easy points, and then they're going to go away, and we're going to be able to run away with this thing. And you have the third down play where Jamari Thrash catches the ball right at the sticks and then comes back a little bit mm-hmm. and winds up being a yard short. And it was so frustrating to not pick up that first down and have that draw st- drive stalled out immediately. And – I want to be able to criticize the call. I feel like it's disingenuous if I do because at the time, watching the game live, I'm like, go for it. Like, like They have not stopped us all night long. We have dominated them up front. We will easily be able to get a yard regardless of what the play call is. Go for it. Let's score here. And maybe that was part of my own frustration as a fan. But I was – I know that it's easy to to look back and now you say, well, of course. Like, you know, if you punt the ball and keep playing a possession game, maybe we win the thing. But I feel like it's hypocritical for me to, to call him out right now. When in the moment, I was very much like, "Go for it." I, I mean, I was. I'm not not at that point in the field. I wasn't. But 
I mean, and then I was a little happy that we were able to hold them just a field goal. Our defense was, but I mean, yeah, no. At that time, I was just, I, yeah, I did not want to. I, I was, I was more punting, and I'm not I'm always anti go for it, but I am at, at that point. Just I would, I thought punt it, but I'm not going to question Jeff Brom. The one thing I didn't like was having, you know, the, the shotgun didn't even bother me as much as a lot of people. Well, that don't bother me. Yeah. A lot of people were like, you know, you got to go under center on that, on that call. You know, we've gone, we've run that play on short yardage a ton, whether it's third or fourth, and, and, and been successful. What bothered me was not having Garendo in the game. I, I think if you've got, because if you watch, they showed the overhead shot. There was a hole there, like like where if you just if you're full speed ahead and you, you just dive forward, you're going to get that first down. I think Turner just didn't see it, and Turner's more of a you know tiptoe behind the line of scrimmage, trying to make guys miss and, and create his own holes type running back than Jordan or, or Garendo are. I think if either of the other two running backs are in the game, and clearly Jordan was not an option, but I think if either of the two are in there, we pick that up, and then maybe it's a totally different game. Again, like if you were adamant that we shouldn't have gone for it in the moment, I totally respect that. It's clearly the right call now that we look back at it, but I feel like it just would be... I'd be disingenuous if I'm sitting here like hammering Jeff Brom for making that call. When In the moment, I'm like, Let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's let's make it happen. Well, it's, it's not like that one that one moment cost us the game. It didn't, I but mean, it certainly it, did not help. It changed. It did. I think. It, I mean, it, it swung a little momentum. But like I said, the defense holding them to a field goal right after that was, I mean, that that was kind of like a the lesser of the two evils of giving up the ball right there. I mean, and you still have the lead. So, I mean, then of course the next thing you know, you're fumbling the ball and you're throwing interceptions. Yeah, hang on to it at all. I mean, let's, I mean let's, so let, let's get down to what I think is the. The fumble was in the first half, though. Remind, correct, if I'm, if I'm, correct, I'm remembering that right, correct? What do you mean? The 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 fumble the the the, the strip fumble was in the first half, right? The strip fumble was in the first half. We were driving again. That was the drive that, he, set, we that fumbled, set up the 14-14 tie. Right. We yeah. fumbled twice but recovered them. Plummer yeah. fumbled on an exchange. Garendo lost the ball that came like flying 20 yards back. But the big one was the, big the, one was the, the strip. Yeah. And it was so bizarre, too, because you yeah, know we've heard about Jack Plummer talk about you know, I've got to cut down on those types of mistakes. Just throw the ball away before I'm on the ground. And like he sees the rush coming. It wasn't yeah. like he got blind. He sees it. He escapes. And then like I guess thinks that the guy disappeared like a ghost. I, I mean, I don't, I don't well, know. Just, I don't like, know what he was doing. That's what I agree. And I agree. And, and, and for the most part, and up until then, I was you know the slippery ball fumble. Okay, you know the the Grindle the as the one where he just shot back and he's yeah. laid up. That's you know that happens. You get a ball punched out. But like this, like I agree one hundred percent. Like you can, he's he. I don't know if he just doesn't see him in his peripheral right there. I saw him. He had to have he escaped because he starts rolling, but he doesn't even. He like slows down when he like you said. Like, it made no sense. Did he just figure the dude just gave up? It was like he did saw he, the did, rush, evaded, and then forgot why he was running to his left. <laughs> like that there was a guy that was still there coming after him. It was one of the, and that was the one where you're like, I mean, like I'll defend Plummer to a point, yeah, and he had play, he had played well. I thought at the beginning of the game, and that one is you're, you're like. I don't care, you know, people talk about you can't make that mistake as a six-year senior. You can't make that mistake as a third-week freshman. Like, like <laughs> if you've played football for any period of time, you've got – there's a dude running at you. You're already in, you know, field goal range. You need to get points. Throw the ball away. There was no – it wasn't like a play was going to develop and a receiver was going to get open. The design was for a screen. Throw it away. Throw it away. Throw it away. And he just doesn't. And then he loses the ball. And it's like the fifth time we've seen that happen this year. That and the the little jump hop he does before he went to throw the ball was, away on the ball. That's weird. I, I didn't. I didn't get that. I don't. And I mean, and, let's let, let's dive right into it instead of dancing around it because that was where <laughs> I was going to go next. Was you and I have talked about since the beginning of the season with, with Jack Plummer that he's you know he, he's a okay college quarterback. Yes, I agree. He, he's played at this level for a number of years. He can win you football games, 
but that there's probably going to be at least a game or two this year that he just loses you because he's just not good enough to play the position. And I texted you during the game, this was the plumber game. We thought it maybe it was going to be the NC State game. Thankfully, the defense stepped up and some other guys stepped up. Well, it was it kind of was a plumber game in NC State as well, to a degree. I mean, but we won. We won. My point. Yeah, you're right. Like the plumber game we've been talking about is the game that he's going to cost you, where you look at it and you say, "If we just had a better quarterback, we win this game." And it all takes me back. I had a conversation before the start of the season. This was early in in, in the days of fall camp after spring practice with someone who would know, and. Their overall take on the team this year was, you know, he's basically like, we're, we're going to be good. We're, we're going to be fine. We're a very good quarterback away from being a real problem. And, you know, after last week, I'm thinking, yeah, we, we're already kind of a real problem. Top 15, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well. And then this was, this was a, a little bit sobering. And I think that, like, if you had a, because don't, Plummer's not the worst quarterback in the world. He clearly can, he threw for 350 yards in this game. He can, far from that. He can get things done. But what he is not is a great college quarterback. The, the, you just you cannot call him a great college quarterback. If we had a great college quarterback, not like Heisman level, but even like a top 15 quarterback in the sport, I think that we could be, to use that person's words, a, a big-time problem. I think we could be a legitimate team that you look at the schedule and say, we could have run the table. We could have done some great things. We could have you know, potentially won an ACC title. That's still on the table, the, the ACC stuff is. But it, you know the playoff dream was, it was evaporated on Saturday night, and that's fine. Plummer, he is who he is, and, and you know, we've got to stop, I guess, being surprised by these things. What he has to do is control the things that he can control. He can't make his arm stronger. He can't. He just there are some throws out there that he simply cannot make, and I've been saying that since the the second week of the season. What he can do is throw the ball away when there's pressure right in his face. Is throw the ball away when there's not a guy open downfield, and and you feel the pocket collapsing. What he can do is be better at seeing the field and knowing where the ball is supposed to be and getting it there quickly and accurately. Like, what he can do is not make a dangerous throw in the red zone when we're already almost assured of having three points, and he did none of those things. This was a game where you asked him to do slightly more than you asked him to do against Notre Dame, and he just could not handle it. And I don't want to say it cost us the game, but, man, it just it feels like it kind of cost us the game. No, it cost us the game. I mean, he gave us – I mean – I want to say twenty-one points. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess they did get to one drive. They had to, they had to drive off the fumble a little bit longer than maybe you'd want you then you'd like to give them up. But but no, he he kind of did. And of all things, you said like yeah, plumber. He's, I don't, yeah, I hate to be like the pound on like we think he sucks because I don't think he sucks. I mean, he is what he is. Like, I've said a hundred times. He's you're right. He's a good he's a good above average college quarterback. But there's a reason why he is, again, in his sixth year of college football because if he was any better, he wouldn't be playing college football anymore. He'd be in the NFL or somewhere else doing, you know, pl- playing in Europe. I don't know, some doing something else other than playing college football. But also, I mean, when he starts mentally, though, I mean, is it me or is this, I mean, when he does start having that, that you know, moment, he g- it gets in his head. And then you see, you can see almost see it just. Just like the dominoes just falling over, left over and over and over as they go down the line. Yeah, and we've seen it way more when he's been away from home, and that's the thing that we're starting to see right now. Is if you look at the split stats on Plummer, I mean, you watch him after that pick six. I mean, he looks like he just—I mean, he's he, super down. Yeah, I mean, he's he's at the point where he's like, 
He's trying to show the ref something. He's bumping the ref. Yeah, which he's lucky that he didn't get flagged. I know. The of the game. Exactly. Like, you're not supposed to be allowed to do that. He, I mean, his point was that Jamari Thrash got bumped off the route by a pit player, which is true. Like, it, it did happen. He got shoved. Yeah, but Thrash I mean, has to be a little bit stronger there, and, and also the throw wasn't that good. The, anyway. the throw was going to yeah. be behind him anyway, which yep. has become a. I mean, the other pick too to Callaway. Does Callaway probably need to make that catch or at least you know get more uh, of a hand on it? Yeah, but the ball's also thrown behind him. Yes, and we've seen that a couple of times too. I mean, Plummer right now in Not home. Only already saved him the one on the on the baseline catch anyway. Mm-hmm. In home games this season, Plummer three uh, seven touchdowns, two interceptions, a passer rating of two oh two forty two. On road in road and neutral side games, six touchdowns, six interceptions, a passer rating of one twenty nine point seven six. Uh, he he has been not great away from home. There's no way to slice it, and he's been pretty damn good at home. I mean, the competition standing. I mean, the two home games were by far the well, I guess exception Notre Dame. But you know. the other thing is, I mean, the biggest play of the game. I know I talked about the biggest moment was I thought early on us not seizing control. But to me, the biggest play of the game is it's not the interception to Devonshire, which I love. The UK transfer, of course, is the one who houses it. Oh, was he? I didn't even know. Yeah, that. but but the him not hitting Thrash and Stride when we have that perfect third oh. down play. And, like, I, I didn't even celebrate when he made the catch. We, we call the perfect play on third down. We have them set up because we've run the same thing on short yardage a number of times. There's nobody within 40 yards of Jamari Thrash. All you, you know, throw one of your little float passes, you know, Jack, just, just get it up there, give him time. Instead, he just overthrows him by a little bit, so much so that, that Thrash has to overextend and then loses his feet. And right when he makes the catch, I'm like, you know, I, I, I've seen this before a couple of times. I feel like we're not going to score here. And sure enough, a few plays later, it's a pick six going the other way. And it, I mean, th- that's the difference right there. No, that's it, the game. If we go up 28-24, I feel confident in our defense stepping up and once again making the play it needs to make with the game on the line against a not great Pittsburgh offense. And instead, you know, we're down 31-21. And all of a sudden, you know, our offense, when we're behind by multiple scores late in the game, we're, we're not you know, we're not designed to, to go at a defense that is ready for the pass with Jack Plummer at quarterback and with some limited options out there without Jawar. So it was just like, th- that was the game right there. I mean, no, you're, you're right. And I, I know we're kind of a little bit all the place, but I figure we'll be talking about this game throughout the whole show regardless. But like, you're, you're right. That's, that. I tried to black that, like, that play out of my mind. Like, it's like the, the memory I don't want to remember, like, daddy leaving for the last time to go get cigarettes, never coming back type moment. Like, because you're right. It was, I mean, it was set up so perfectly. And he just, he just, yeah, he didn't even, he's a horrible throw. I don't know what he was. It looked like he was like hopping backwards too when he threw it. I mean, yeah, yeah it was that was, uh, and I think one of the things that really, I mean, I, I know whatever his name is, the the the, the quarterback, uh, you know, Midway or whatever his name is, Bear, Bel Air, yeah. Um, the fact that we couldn't get that two score lead because he, you, you could tell he seemed much more comfortable when they were able to get the running game and the play action when he was working out of play action is when he was killing us. Yeah, we let them sell it. When we, yeah, when we get when we when we were when they started getting to be able to run downhill a little bit, they didn't. I know they didn't blow us off the ball, but you know when you're getting three, four yards at least, at least the concern of it, and they were able to do that because they're still within a single score of a game with us. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, we're, we we go up two scores in this team. We take away their their opportunity to even use that play action. I I mean, I think we I think this is a Boston College game. I think we end up rolling, but you can't turn the ball over and just give up opportunity, especially after you have long drives. It still should have been a Boston College game. I mean, like we, you look at the numbers, and they just don't make any sense. You know, we held them to. You know, we had previously won thirty games in a row, 
when holding an opponent to less than 300 yards of offense. That's eerie. Pitt had. We I just know, snapped the. <laughs> I know. Pitt had 288 yards of total offense. Yeah, I know. Their so their yards per point. They average about seven and a half yards per point, which is kind of a new analytical stat that's out there. Yards per point. If you like, like 11 is the best offense in college football. We made them like look like the best team in college football for no reason. They were three of 14 on third downs. That's atrocious. We kept getting off the field when we needed to get off the field. And then in the second half, you know, you look at it. We didn't score a point in the second half. We only punted once. We had eight drives. Four of them we got stopped on fourth down. Two of them ended in interceptions. One of them ended in a fumble. We only punted one time. We kept moving the ball effectively on them, and then we just shot ourselves in the foot. We outgained them 430 to 288. We threw for 350 yards. They threw for 200. We, you know, our rushing was not great, but we still had just eight fewer rushing yards than they did on the, on the same number of attempts. Uh, they actually ended up being more penalized than we were. Yeah, it it yeah, came they, down to the turnovers and us not having the quarterback play that they did. Yeah, the penalties, I, I mean, I feel like they, you had like, it was like the stretch where they were just calling pass interference on everything, and then they just kind of stopped and let everything go a little bit after that. I mean, Pitt was doing the thing where they were like the old Clemson thing, like we're going to clutch and grab and, and so much and make them call it every single time. And it was like the officials finally got tired of it. They're like, eh, well, we're not, we're not going to do it. It didn't help that they knew that we were just like, like Plummer at the end of the game was just throwing it downfield yeah. at every play and just trying to get a PI call. And the thrash would do the, where's the ball? Where's the ball? Running into right. the guy. Yeah, I mean, well, they, and the rest fell for it a couple times. So, I mean, I say go for it, do it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and he got his hands on a couple of balls that he just couldn't bring in. It was just a, I mean, also, we haven't mentioned Travelstead misses a field goal. That you know, it's a different game if you're playing behind by just seven points as he opposed did, to ten. I want to say the Notre Dame because he missed the one in Notre Dame too, right? Or was it NC State? He missed one at Notre Dame right at the end of the half. And that was, I think, it was the same like hash mark to the same fade to the right. Just as pushed well. the right, yeah. I think. I mean, he just uh, some. I'm, I'm not. I'm sure I'm not saying anything that this coach staff hopefully hasn't picked up already, but I might want to avoid getting him on that right hash mark. I don't know if he seems to push a little bit when he does on that right. I don't know if this is accurate, but I feel like it was. Was there a single Louisville fan that thought he was going to make that field goal when we elected to, <laughs> to kick it? I felt like every single Louisville I fan in the world. Did. I've had oh, some I thought he was going to miss it. I, I mean, was like, this game's over. <laughs> I mean, I, I still have belief in Brock. I mean, I do too, but at that point, like everything that could have gone wrong had gone wrong. And you, well, like, like, we were moving the ball again and got stopped. And it was kind of like, this, this seems like a time to go for it. Like, this is not, this is that range where he's missed a few already this year. Like, I had zero faith whatsoever that something good was going to happen there. And, if he does make it, it's a little bit of a different game. We had a couple of possessions where we would have been playing from behind by you know a single score as opposed to ten. Oh, we had I think we had three more possessions after that, did we not? At least Narduzzi kept trying to give us like like you know, they have there's like four minutes left on the clock. We're down by ten points, and he throws at Quincy Riley twice on second and third down. I was like, what is this guy doing? One time it gets tipped, and it, you know we almost had a chance to take it the other way, but they were very much like trying to give us opportunities to keep. Uh, doing something crazy because well, the they're end. not a good team. They're not a good team. And that's, that's uh, the thing. Like I, I don't think this is going to be a situation where Pitt turns its season around and, and you know we look back and we're like, damn, you know, they they won out. They beat four ranked teams. They finished uh, eight and four. Like, Pitt's, <laughs> no. Pitt's not going to go to a bowl game. They're not good. We spit the bit in a big spot. Everything we could do to shoot ourselves in the foot, we did. Some of the stuff that was out of our control went against us, sure, but we weren't good enough to overcome any of that, which uh, you know, leads to a 17-point loss in a game that you were favored to win by seven. For the record, Pitt does the rest of the schedule does include Boston College, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. So yeah, but they also they, play Notre Dame, Duke, and somebody else who's right. So like that's five wins. They 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 might. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The rest of the games we got Duke, Florida State, and Notre Dame. 
We were there one. Like, <laughs> you have the, the 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 shutdown forecast podcast they've they've been talking about for years. Pitt is this like bioweapon that every single season is just charging, charging, waiting to strike on some poor, unsuspecting team that it's way worse than. Like, you know, they, they do these terrible things. You're like, how can this team po- this looks like a, a completely incompetent football team, and then bam, you know, they beat Clemson when Clemson's undefeated in 2019. Bam, they knock off Florida State when Florida State's unbeaten. And unfortunately, this year we were just—it was our turn to get in our duked, and uh, it, it happened. It sucked. When we're ter- talking about it, we got more to talk about. I hope he's not sliding too much into the uh, Bring Brom Home guys uh, uh, DMs this last night. I would have almost respected him if he was like, "You up after the game?" <laughs> what up, B? I would just—I would just—he puts a picture of the. Uh, the, the 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 famous tweet the text you, your friends would send you to look at the the big black dude says beat this oh god yeah that would have been <laughs> that would have been something apparently he did not do that if he did Rainbow Home, home guy did not disclose it I right, gotta take a break we have more to talk about here we will turn things over to you guys eh, on the Thornton's text line here momentarily at five zero two four one four fourteen fifty until let's talk about it Monday here on the Mike Rutherford show on fourteen fifty and ninety six one the Big X. to Suzanne Summers passing. It was it, well, you know what? It was, but then I thought, you know, listen to the lyrics. It's about Louisville too. Step by step, day by day. It's gonna be better second time around. Okay. But yes, that was uh, I did I did that was for uh, Suzanne Summers, yes. Apparently ninety six one our our, our session is not working right now. So if you listen on the FM, apologies. It, it's like a it's it's like a or something. You can't hear anything. Uh, that's that's what beats through the internet. There might be some yeah, an issue with I don't yeah, that's a text. So fourteen fifty in the stream, I believe are okay. But everybody if you're listening on FM, apparently you're having some issues. But what are you gonna do? Um Forza Sand Summers though. Uh, th- uh you were a big step by step. You were more step by step Three's company, weren't you? Yeah, I never watched Three's Company. You ever know Step by Step was like a nineties version of the Brady Bunch? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. They just instead of just like putting like all the girls and boys on each side, they just like kind of split them, mix them around a little bit. Yeah, but the numbers all equaled out still. Al was hot, very attractive. Who was that? Al. They, she was kind of like the sporty one when they were younger, oh, okay. and she grew up and she was very attractive. I think the the blonde girl. She was also the one from my two dads who recently just we lost Dick Butkus, who was on that show. Jeez. Paul Reiser was also on that show, but he's still with us. Everything we can bring the mood up with. Come on. <laughs> Uh, I still Detroit plan. On, I, I, I still plan on dating on uh, on on and going to the quarry for a date. Are you, you going to do it? Uh, yeah, November November fifth, I think it is. Can we fix the sound here. Why does it sound like we're, yeah, we're talking I was the, the same thing? I have no idea what just happened. It was fine the first segment. I don't know how it goes from being fine to it that, did, that's better. I think. Yeah, I'm just looking down a little okay. bit. Yeah, um, no, I was hearing it too. No, I, mean, I figured. Yeah, I mean, why, why not? I mean, I'm going to do. Now the only thing that sucks is it comes on like the weekend, right after. 
wrestling at AWs here in Louisville. I mean, that could have been a perfect, like, you know, hey, you know, Wednesday I got tickets to AW, sweetheart. Little icebreaker. Yeah, I mean, come, come on. Cooler than a polar bear's toenails. Like Orange Cassidy? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you want to sit? You want to gangrel? No. How would you like to see Ricky Stocks? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but, um, you know, so it comes afterwards, though. So you can still go to wrestling with me. Don't worry. Uh, you, your ticket's still Thank safe. God. And then uh, I got to get Scoot still. Whose birthday, by the way? Happy birthday, Scoot, yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed Turned 34. Birthday, yeah. Turned 34. 34. Would have guessed he was 48. I, was, I guess 14, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Scoot. I don't know which one of us made fun of him more in that statement, but <laughs> teach his own. Excited to hang out with Scoots this week uh, when you're gone. It'll be fun. Yeah, you get Scoots on his birthday. He's an older man now. He's more mature. He is. He's, He's ready to take over. Mid-30s are when he's going to really hit his stride. I asked him, I, I said, no, I said, you need me to send you music these days? He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, because Scoots hates having to look up music. You know that. He's like, well, but not Thursday. Thursday's country music day, and you suck at that. I was like, okay. So. He's got it covered. He's good to go. <laughs> Which is even better because Wednesday. It sound bad, by the way. I don't know what's no, going on. No, I'm I, hearing I, it. Too. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't how, does this, how does it just change from one segment to the next? I did nothing but turn the mics on and off during the, during the break. I know. I don't, I don't get it. If we are looking for a positive, we can highlight this. It's like, Jake, it's like watching Plummer play quarterback over here. Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> Big X, big bets of the weekend. Oh, baby. How about this? A second straight week, you and I both nail all three of our picks. A six-for-six six weekend. If you've listened to the show, and there were a couple people that went, before I even said anything on Twitter, who were like, that Big X parlay is hitting. Like, if you've listened to us the last two weeks, pretty rich right now. I mean, I'm 8-1 and one now in three weeks. Trev had, had a rough first week. Then he moves just to NFL. He has not missed since that happened. I mean, if you want to, I mean, God knows every other gambling segment in this city is sponsored by somebody we don't have it if you want to sponsor the segment for the very low and reasonable price of two hundred fifty thousand dollars, we are willing to listen to your offer i mean it's a very profitable segment we'll say that i mean it's not like you're actually paying out of your own pocket you you can pay to sponsor our segment with the money you won from our segment damn right i mean that's all you gotta do now i got so saturday my, my picks were i need to write your picks down because i should have bet your picks i didn't well, bet I tweeted your picks. them out you should have did you tweet them out yeah i tweeted uh, them out on, I'm, on friday i'm on twitter we, I went uh, the over in the LSU game because LSU's hit the over in now 11 straight games. Oh, yeah. I went Notre Dame over USC, covering the spread. And then I went with um, Troy was my big bet because they have a great defense. Army, all they do is rush, and Troy doesn't allow any rushing yards at all. And Troy ended up blanking Army. So went three for three there. Now, I did. I bet all those individually, which was nice. But I did. I, I was, like, out. We did the Alzheimer's walk on, on Saturday morning, and then we, I was out with friends at that union uh alehouse across the bridge in jeffersonville and so i'm trying to get my bets in before the game start and i'm doing the parlay i'm like yeah you know just keep you know i was mad at myself for not doing the three pick parlay the week before when it was my own picks that i'll hit and i do it and then i was like you know what i really like nc state against duke too you and me both like that game I'm like let's get a little added money in there i toss in nc state money line and of course it, it winds up biting me still was a profitable day but it could have been really profitable if i just stuck with the three so i learned my lesson and yesterday i bet all three of your picks did the parlay together, made that my big bet, and bam, daddy's rolling in it right now. I had a good NFL day. I only missed, I think, two games on for NFL. No, I didn't. I didn't include the Buffalo game, which I'm glad I didn't because I I, I had a I had a I had a feeling for for the underdogs yesterday, and and, and all of them except for Miami covered. But uh, the only ones I missed, I think, were Atlanta, which cost me big, and of course Denver on Thursday night. I think we're the only two games I missed on NFL this week. 
No big deal. College? Eh, he went like four four nine, something like that. You had a rough week in the pickup. Yeah, and then, oh, I did, didn't you I? You've now fallen behind your uh, oh no your boy here. You had a three and seven week in pickup. I think I went. I took Purdue against Ohio State. That didn't work out. I did. I did hammer Michigan, who thankfully hammered Indiana. I yep. missed. I missed on. I missed on Wisconsin, which hurt my parlay card on my money line card. We both unfortunately missed on Louisville. Who? Uh, yeah, I didn't. But I don't. I don't. I don't usually dabble Louisville into my uh, my parlays and gambling. I don't. I got enough emotional stock riding on the games. Yeah, I can't do it. I, I did feel bad. I Patrick like texted me early in the day and was like, he he did my three picks in college football and then added Louisville over Pitt to end his parlay. And like as the game yes. went on, I was like, you can't do it. Why are you adding? See, that's that's the thing. If we wanted you to bet four games on these parlays, we'd give you a fourth game. If we wanted you to bet five, we'd give you a fifth game. We or two, we'd bet you. We're giving you three for a reason. You don't sit there. You don't. You, you don't sit there and buy. You know a Mozart CD and add your own tones to it. Now we're not great at, ma- at math on the show. We've admitted that. But if you had bet every single one of our picks, me going eight and one, you going six and three, by my math, I believe you'd have enough to own your own private island. <laughs> listen to us. Own an island. Live happy. That's the three-step process. I mean, I hey, listen. I got a calculator of my name on it, a thirteen on the ACT. I think that 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 sounds about right. It checks out. That checks out. If you use the, the bonuses correctly on draft games, that's all I can say. I did get great at the very end of last night because I I had such a good day. They were like, "You have a hundred percent profit boost for one bet," and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to use it." And it was when the the, the Giants were up like six nothing or three nothing, and I was like, "I'm just going to take a shot here." I put like fifteen dollars on the money line, which with the the profit boost would have like been like 130 bucks, and then I, I thought I really thought I was going to hit at the very end of the day. I'm like, this is going to be incredible. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a thousand dollars to withdraw. This is an, uh, unreal. And then that was a little bit of a bummer. But at that point, I wasn't going to get greedy. It was great. I normally don't do prop bets. I actually did. I did my first two prop bets uh, yesterday, though. I usually I usually stay away from player prop bets because I do fantasy football. That's enough. That's that's that's, that's like the that's enough for me in that in that area. Yeah. But uh, I actually did my first two, and I bet I took. Uh, Jalen Hurts to score uh, the first touchdown of the game, which thanks to a replay, I won. Unfortunately, my other one, which would have paid off a lot more, which, which was 2-2 Atwell to score the first touchdown of the game, did not happen. Are but you? I went 1-2, and, and I think I'm retiring on the prop bets. That's fine. Are you willing to admit now that the Lions are the best team in the NFC? Uh, they are the second best team in the NFC. Oh, you put them ahead of the Niners now. I'm going to move them ahead of the Niners. As long as, which, as long, if the Niners can, if, are going to, you know, it depends how hurt they are after this game. I like how the three players that they mentioned got into a scuffle before the game. All three ended up leaving in the first half with injuries. Hmm. Coincidence? I don't know. Reeks of gambling. <laughs> we're trying to be more positive this segment. We talked about Louisville Pitt ad nauseum in the first Which segment. Why we're talking about the Lions? Yeah, here's what I will say if we're trying to to be positive about this, and there because there is a bigger picture here. Obviously, this this was my worst fear going into this game is that. We lay an egg after beating Notre Dame, and all the hoopla, all the good vibes, all the positive emotion not only goes out the window, but we now have to sit around here for two weeks because we have a bye week before we play Duke, no, just kind of stewing on this bad. one. I do think that, and the ACC announced the kickoff times for October 28th today, but they, they Louisville's one of five games that they put a six-day flex hold on, so we won't find out what time that game's going to kick off until this weekend. But I do think that... Talking about the Duke game? Yes. Okay. But by the time that we get to... Like next Wednesday, next Thursday, people are going to not not have forgotten about this loss because it's going to sting for a long time. But people will be back to being excited about this team, talking about you know what they still have the 
the chance to accomplish. And we'll be so desperate to get back out there to Allen Stadium that I think people are going to be chomping at the bit. I think it's going to be a really good crowd on Saturday whenever they play. I think that people are going to be like, pumped to get back out there after the Notre Dame experience. And I, and I think we'll be the vibes will be back to be being good a week from now. But right now, it, it just you feel like there's no choice but just to stew in this pile of crap that we have, have made for ourselves after this weekend's loss. But if you had looked at this before the season, this is the painting with a rainbow-colored brush that we're all doing right now. I feel like every time we're, we're criticizing the loss to Pitt, which was bad, there's no way around it, you, you do kind of try to finish with this, which is the fact that we're 6-1. and one. We just have one loss in conference play. We beat a top-10 team in Notre Dame. If you had told any of us before the start of the season that this was the way you'd be going into your bye week, we all would have signed up for it, correct? No, yeah, yeah. I would have probably given you my, my pinky toe. No question about it. Like, 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 I thought that when we did our preseason predictions week by week, I, I had us going 8-4, and four, and I had us actually being 4-3 and three and riding a three-game losing streak here. I think I had us. I think you had us losing to NC State at one point. I had us losing to NC State and Pitt, which I didn't know Pitt was going to be this bad. But yeah. I, I take it back. I had us beating Notre Dame. But has losing those two games and then dropping a weird game to Virginia Tech and then losing to Miami. That's why I think I was around the same area too. But if you had told me like six and one plus the Notre Dame win, I'm good with it. I think most people will be good with it as well. This is the you know, one of our biggest frustrations with the Scott Satterfield era. It wasn't that we were just getting our, mm-hmm. our bleep kicked in every week. It was that, you know, we would go seven and five, six and six, eight and four, three and eight one year. And the season will be largely made up of games where we lost to who we were supposed to lose to, we beat who we were so, supposed to beat, and then the 50-50 games were kind of 50-50. You know, we, we lost a few, we won a few. This is the this is what you get with Jeff Brom. You, you get the big wins. You get the storming the field against Notre Dame. You get the week-long euphoria, the, the, the national attention, all that good stuff. What it comes with, historically, and we're hoping that this can be fixed over time, has been the occasional game like Saturday where you're favored by seven people think that you're you know one of the 15 best teams in, in college football and then you fall flat on your face I, I still would take this over the just you know hey we beat the team we were favored to beat hey we lost the team we were supposed to lose to and, and obviously it's a small sample size with Brom just playing seven games but I, I still would sign up for this over what we had back then and then the the other thing that's still there in the second half of the season is I, I think that you you need to beat Kentucky. We've seen you know, they lost by the same score that we lost to. They lost at home to Missouri in a game where they did not look very good. If you're really trying to build up the fan base and give them this sign that, hey, things are good right now, but things are only going to get better as we get deeper and deeper into the Brom era, I think that's the one that you need to leave them with. I think that's the one that you need to leave the regular season, season with. Win that game. Playing for the conference championship now seems like a little bit of a pipe dream. We'll need a lot of help. But if you go seven and one, if you beat these last three, I don't think it's a pipe dream. I mean, I think a second loss would would make it a pipe dream. But I don't think one loss necessarily means it's the, the dream is. is we need Carolina to lose. Based on the tiebreakers, we're going to need Carolina to lose twice, and they look pretty damn good in, in beating Miami. Yeah, I can see why they threw a tinder tantrum to get that receiver. Yeah, he's he's good. I see, why, I can see why they yeah, they acted like a little brats that they are to get their way. The issue, I mean, UNC now, they have Virginia, who sucks. Georgia Tech, who's you know, maybe, maybe, that, that could happen. They get Duke at home. At Clemson will be very tough. And then at NC State, which is looking worse and worse every week. I think NC State's just not good is what we're learning. So we need them to lose two of those games. It could happen. 
for sure. But then we also need to to you know win out. And Virginia Tech's looking better, a lot a lot better right now. Virginia's not. We should be able to take care of business there. And I think that at Miami game is still going to be tough, even though Miami is not looking nearly as overall fearsome as we thought they were a few weeks ago. So you know, it's it, the the odds are are certainly. It's possible, right? Yeah, they're against us, but I just wouldn't. But the odds it. are against us. I think a pipe. I think the word pipe dream would be a little. Maybe that's too far. I think a little. Maybe you're right. Two losses, yes, you can probably mail it home. But I think with still one loss, and I know Florida State looked dominant, but Syracuse is Syracuse might be the worst, maybe the worst team next to Boston College or Virginia in the ACC right now. So yeah, I, I, at this point, I'm just sort of assuming that FSU is going to be in the title game, and it's we would need to beat out. Which if we beat Duke, that takes care of itself. That will be their their conference loss. Uh, but we, I mean, we, we're going to need Duke. Probably to lose another game besides us, um, and then we need help from UNC. So I mean, Duke beating Florida State the week uh, this week coming up, leading into our game would be huge for just us and I mean, but, but them as well. But I mean, like you said, that's a, the Florida State game. That's one of the few games we can get Florida State to lose in. Plus, yeah, Duke, but we need Duke to lose. Duke, Duke, Duke has lost. Say what? Duke hasn't lost a conference game, so we need them. Yeah, no, we, we, we need them we to lose beat twice. Duke though. But then we need them to lose again. Their conference schedule is tougher than ours. Like they're going to win the tiebreaker with us. So is UNC. So we need, like, we basically, unless the tiebreakers go haywire, which doesn't look like it's going to happen, we need to be a game clear of whoever else, of whoever's in third place. Like we're not going to win a tiebreaker with FSU, UNC, or Duke. So we need to win our three games. We need UNC to lose twice. We need to beat Duke and then have them lose another game to somebody. And then I think rooting for Florida State to go undefeated is our best plan of attack here. Okay. I thought we wanted Florida State to lose. No, unless they're going to lose twice, which I don't think it's going to happen. Which the only way they lose twice is they lost. Well, unless they lose that pit somehow, but yeah. And that's probably, yeah. They, they, they get Miami at home, yeah, and then, Duke at home, Wake is, is not good. They play them on the road in pit. They should be able to take care of it. I think you just root for my for Florida State to go 4-0, get this win over Duke, and then, I mean, it's, it's probably too early. Me I can't, I don't, I just, it feels weird to say I want to root for Florida State. I thing. know, I, which is why I'm kind of just like, I'm trying to comprehend all this right now. I think here. all we have to do is just try to win our three games and then let the chips fall where they will. I'm just, good with just that. Just hope what happens. And then, like I said, I think the Kentucky game is going to be, like regardless, if we, if we lose a couple of conference games, if we win out, the Kentucky game is going to be huge. I think that you need to win that for – Oh yeah, fan confidence in the program moving forward. Did you that's, get to watch? Out there. Did you get? To, I didn't get a chance to watch any of their game. I just saw the score. I mean, how, so what they were up by four. UK that that being they was up by what fourteen and then getting beat thirty eight to twenty one or something. I just know they lost thirty eight twenty one. When I turned it on, I turned it on when Missouri scored the touchdown to go up thirty five twenty one. And it's shocking, I wasn't in the mood to watch any college football highlight shows. Yeah, I couldn't even. I couldn't even take any joy I, in it. I, I know. I know. Yeah, and and on top of so the only thing I've seen from other than that, what I just mentioned to you was, and also I guess the picture that's making the rounds of the looks like there's like five people there. It's like this is what three minutes left in the game or something like that. Oh, for UK? Yeah, I haven't even seen that. I saw that was one of their one of the blog sites had a picture of it. Look, I mean, it looked. I mean, like I mean, I'm exaggerating slightly with five people, but not by much really. I mean, it looks pretty empty. I just saw some of the angry tweets from the UK people I follow. But, like, yeah, I was so down that I couldn't even – I couldn't take any joy. In yeah, it just sucks, right? It does suck. Uh, let's go to break. When we come back, the 4 o'clock hour is up next. We've given our thoughts on what happened Saturday night at Pitt. We want to hear from you now on the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. Let it out. It's going to be a therapeutic episode. Let's get past it. Let's, let's move on. But today's the day. To Use just, our shoulders. Today's the day to soak it up. Today's the day to just em- embrace it and feel your pain. We'll do that after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1.
the big X. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Please Cycling through the emotions, leaning on one another. This song always, it's this right, part actually coming out. Here we go. You just call on the brother when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. I just make. All right, so when. When I transferred, when I switched grade schools, and I, and I went from Wilder Elementary, shout out to the Wildcats. He always yeah, the best, I went to Wilder one time. To, uh, to Holy Trinity. <clears throat> one of the very first, I was kind of the new kid. I knew a few of the kids I'd played sports with, but I, I was still kind of the new kid. And one of the very first projects we did was everybody got a line from the song and then drew a picture of what the line encompassed. And the teacher put them all together and did like a slideshow where she played the song and then like the pictures came up. And, and my line was, just call me brother. And I'm the worst artist, worst drawer you've, you, you've ever seen. Like, I cannot draw anything. The fact that you identified yourself as a drawer just tells you how bad you are. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, clearly. I, I, I feel wrong even saying the word artist. I, I, it just it does not apply to I'm, me. Yeah, I think that would be, I'd love to see a contest who's worse between you and I when it comes to drawing, though, because I'm pretty bad, too. I might use this picture, actually, that I'm about to talk about. So I drew this picture of, it, it looks like, I don't know, like a hunchback bear in, in the forest. It's supposed to be a guy. And I did like a little, like the, one of those little thought bubbles. And he's like, brother, like calling out. And that was my picture. Could not have been worse. And like everyone made fun of me. Everyone laughed when it popped up on the screenshot. I'm like, I want to go back to Wilder. This is terrible. No, what a I, I don't traumatic like it experience. It was awful. It was terrible. It was, it was it, yeah. My artistry was, was mocked early on. It was I'm, I'm glad you didn't take it out on Bill Weathers. I would never take it out on Bill. I love him. <laughs> I told you that the, my, 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 my connection to this song is. Fifth grade graduation and learning to do it in sign language. Do you still do it? Oh God, no. The only thing I, the only thing I remember that, that and knowing the 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 Whitney Houston song, the we had to learn the lyrics to that too. Which one? The I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and children, teach them some way. Whatever. Yeah, it's been a while. Was the kindergarten slideshow to that song? Yeah, <laughs> but those are the two. Yeah, those are, we had to know, we had to learn that song to sing it, and then we sang this song, but we also did the chorus in sign language. I really wanted the song. I wish I still remembered. I, that's something I wish I could know how to do. That and learning how to play the Axel F song on the xylophone that I learned in middle school. Well. When I asked that question, which Whitney Houston song, I really wanted it to be How Will I Know. And just like there's a video of like, like a fifth grade Trevor out there like just dancing like, there's a boy I know. Just doing the hand signals too. I was like, we got to get our hands on that video. He's the one I'm dreaming of. <laughs> How will I know if, if he, he really loves me? Just, that would be great. 
I'm not be, be doing like, be like, a, like my own version of like early Macarena. Like I can see myself doing that dance. I love how much we're trying to turn the attention away from the game because it's just not fun to talk about. No, it's not fun at all. Um, got a job to do here. I tell you what, let's let's, let's, let's I'm, I'm going to detour us on one other way and okay, and uh, let, let's 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 laugh at someone else's pain. Did you see the Colorado game on Friday night? I didn't. <laughs> oh man, I fell asleep when it was. I, I didn't. Well, I imagine you did. It didn't end until two in the morning. I watched the beginning of the second half. When I fell asleep, it was twenty nine to twelve, and Stanford was playing a little bit better. And I kind of was like, I'm kind of into this. It's a fun game to watch. I because I I'd been doing a little bit of work because I knew I was going to be uh, doing the Alzheimer's walk and seeing friends. The, the nah, first that's part true. Yeah. So I was trying to get as much done as I could. So I was up pretty late. Uh, but I was watching the game and then I just I collapsed and I woke up and like I don't think I even realized it. I think I checked my phone like at the walk. And saw that they lost. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I posted a, a little tweet about it. But yeah, that was I. Uh, that was bad. And then Colorado State won on a hail mary over our boy uh, Boise State guy. Oh, they came back and beat Boise State. They won on a, on a hail mary. Boise no, State was uh, yeah. Boise State was like kind of like rolling in that game too. If I remember last I saw, at one point they were rolling. Um, Boise guy not going to be texting into. No, he's not going to be texting anytime soon. Now my fantasy football guy will because he beat me by ten points when I when I left Thrash. He scored twelve on the bench. Um. That's all right. Chris Bell got you a touchdown. Well, no, he didn't. He got it for somebody else. That's oh, right. The other guy picked him up. And the amazing thing is I lost that game. And you, I think that takes you to the screenshot, didn't I, my, my score? Yeah, yeah. I had 206 points. I had zero points from my two wide receivers. That's bad. That's, but it helps when you get 60 from Penn State's defense. Um, so that was most of my points. But, no, the the, the, the Friday night thing, I, it was, I, I turned it on the same time. With the, I was, it was near halftime. It was 29-0. And I'm like, good Lord. I, because I was worried about maybe betting that game, but I was talking to a buddy of mine. He's like, he he bet. He's like, oh, they're going to gonna dominate. Colorado's going to blow them out, take the 13. I'm like, oh, it feels like a trap game. I, don't, I had this trap game feeling all weekend, I guess. I was like, I don't know. I don't like it. And halftime, he's texting me. I told you this was a butt kicking. And, and, uh, and I look at the live line, and Stanford's getting like 42 points. I'm like, man, maybe I should just take that. Kind of wish I didn't look. I think the money line, God knows what that was at halftime. But, yeah, when they started, they scored the 21 points, I think, within, like, the first two minutes of the second half. And I just texted my buddy. I was like, man, your statements are not aging well at all, my friend. We were talking <laughs> after the, uh, I think, after the, it was either after the Colorado State game or the Nebraska game for Colorado. And you and I both were like, this still kind of feels like a 7-5 and five team. Yeah. They may not. I mean, they're 4-3 and three now. They still have to play at UCLA. Ooh, that's their problem. Their schedule's so They play yeah. Oregon State, who's number 12. They end at Utah, who's number 14. And in between that, they've got Arizona, our boy Jed Fish, who's been a, a problem Did this you year. see what he did this weekend? I did. Yeah. And then they're at Washington State, who also, I mean, has been nationally ranked for most of the year. So they could lose all five of those games for yeah. sure. And being three and two is seems like a, maybe a, a tall task. So, I mean, there's a very real chance that Colorado, who broke all those TV records, all, did all the stuff, may not even end up being bowl eligible. This I year. mean, this was the last game they'll, be, they'll, they'll probably be favored in was this, this Friday game. Yeah, unless they're favored at home against Arizona. It depends. Yeah, I mean, I guess Arizona, but the way Arizona's played the last couple weeks, I wouldn't. I'd be shocked if Arizona isn't. Well, I guess they could still be getting a point or two. You never know. They've been pretty good. I mean, their only losses they lost to Mississippi State by a touchdown on the road. Not no, a, not a bad loss. They, 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 Washington they, by a touchdown. They should have beat USC. And then USC by two. Like their yeah. three losses could have easily been wins. I mean, Jed, oh. Jed Fish was sort of a joke on the show. Jed Fish is not a joke anymore. No, he's the Brahm. He's West Coast Brahm. He's the Brahm of the West. He's the Brahm of the West. I'm like, I think I texted you that a couple. I wasn't kidding. He's doing a great job at Arizona. Fish Brom is going to be a hell of a Big 12 rivalry. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. 
Let's take some text. 502-414-1450. Brom fish. Sounds like the thing that, that, that the kind of fish that, that had three eyes in the Simpsons. We shared our thoughts. We want to hear from you now. Thornton's text line. Thornton's hooking up with the best deals all football season long. To take advantage, though, you've got to be a refreshing rewards member. Just download that app on your phone and save yourself some money every time you fuel up at one of the areas. 38,622 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. Uh, just to give you a heads up, uh, the FM that, that we have, the, I've been notified the power's out at the site, which is they're working on it right now. So. Where's the site? I thought this was the site. No, the the our tra- the, the transmitter's not here. It's some it's up in like toy knobs or something. How many places? How many different places do we have equipment from for this one station? Well, a lot of stations just you. Your your transmission tower is usually not near your station. It's usually somewhere on a hill. What about the OG studio? That's that is that is an exception to the rule. It yeah, is. yeah. And now it's now we don't use that. What's happening here? How does radio work? <laughs> Somebody explain this to me. I don't know. I just, I just push the buttons they tell me to. <laughs> Texter says <laughs> they're like, "Hey, push that." I'm like, "Okay." See what happens. <laughs> Since the Georgia Tech game, we knew the plumber was going to cost us a game. This was that game. I don't know if he can take care of the ball so well, and make, I don't know how he can take care of the ball so well and make good decisions against Notre Dame, and then play that way against Pitt. We're still six and one. We're still ranked, and we still have the right coach. Let's rest up and beat Duke next week. I think that's what see, like that that journey right there, that middle, that, that just like that three mini paragraph journey. And I think what every Louisville fan is doing right now, they're upset about Plummer, they're upset about some of the things that happened in the game, but then they always end it with would have taken six and one. We're still number twenty-one in the country. I mean, I'll take it. I just, I just think he, he just when he makes that first mistake, he just he unravels like the sweater in a, in a Weezer song. Like, I mean, look at look at the games he's played well, and he didn't he didn't have that one mistake to 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 be the pebble that you know starts rolling downhill. Well, the, the one difference is the Georgia Tech game where he was so bad at the beginning, and then it was terrific in the second half to lead that comeback. Yeah, yeah I guess. I mean, terrific, but okay. Yeah. He was. We put up. 28 second half points in that game, and he threw it for three touchdowns. He was pretty good. The I, I'm with the texter though. Like, like he was such a, I understand the game plan, and I'm going, and I, it can't just be entirely about Jawar Jordan being out. If he just plays the way that he did against Notre Dame, just doesn't screw up. We don't need him to throw for 350 yards in this game. We just need him to not make those key mistakes that he he did. If, if he doesn't have the fumble. And the two interceptions, I mean, we would, and, and that's it. Like, Brom said it afterwards. Like, that's the game right there. You can't put the ball on the turf. They were dealing with the rain, too. They didn't fumble it. They didn't make the, the interceptions. They didn't have those mistakes. We did, and it killed us. And this was the first game all season where we've lost the turnover battle. And, shocker, it's the first game all season that we have lost, period. It's That's it. I think it's it's really a, a relatively simple analysis. Texas, TK, did you enjoy that family dinner? Instead of watching from the 6-0 chair, do you feel good about that? Not really, but... You did ruin the season. You have shaved, though. Yeah, I shaved the beard off. Yeah, I did. I'm gonna, I was going to try to get a haircut. I'm, by, by the time you see me next time, I'm, I'm going to have the hair the hair gone, too. Just in time for speed dating. I was going to say, same for you, but that was a little too yeah, late for that party. You didn't shave yet, though, I noticed. I have not shaved. I'm still... We were already, you were you were trimming it anyway, so I mean I did trim. Uh, well, the, the problem is maybe I part on you. I trimmed it. Well, I trimmed it before the wins, and I didn't trim it this week. Maybe that was the issue. I blame Creed. I do blame Creed. Texas, the loss is clearly all Kenny Payne's fault. One scrimmage and everything got ruined. That or the CW frog is. <laughs> I started thinking about this. I was like, we 
were we were undefeated until basketball kind of started up, right? I mean, did that did that just? Did I had that, not thought about it, but it is. <laughs> I mean, technically for the, accurate. For the record, technically, Brom is undefeated before basketball started going because <laughs> the scrimmage was on Wednesday. True. That's the start of the basketball season, right? At least we're going to beat Simmons College by seventy-five in a couple nights. If we lose at Simmons College, then, <laughs> then the year's over. We're just I'm I'm on to twenty twenty-four. We're done. That's streaming on ESPN Plus too, right? Surely, God, we, we have, we've never had an exhibition game that hasn't been available somewhere. So I would <laughs> assume it's going to be on ESPN Plus. So yes, I, I'm with the texture. As much as I really want to bl- blame that stupid frog, um, I do want. I love some of the show promos that like the that they played during the commercial breaks. That'd be laughing. I didn't see any charm, but some of them were just as good. The cover started off on a, on, on the wrong note. They you know they. They report that Jawar Jordan's officially out. They zoom in on Greg Brom when they're talking about Jeff Brom. That's I'm like, I noticed that. Too. I was like, here we go. CW's, CW's killing well, the game. But they did it. I was like, wow. I was wondering about that. I thought maybe that was me for a second. Okay, good. Yeah, it was. They got off to a rough start. They stuck the landing. It was, it was okay. Texas does a few things. One, I'm happy about being six and one at this point. That's true. Good. Yeah. Two, Plummer was good at what was not good enough this game, but overall has been good enough this season. Definitely not the terrible, unplayable quarterback that the KRC boys said he was. Still not good enough, though, and hopefully the worst quarterback of the Brom era. Three, I love Brom, but what the hell was that call to kick the 47-yard field goal into the wind and the rain? Was it 40? I thought it was, only, was it 47? I think it was 40, but... It was... I, I thought it was 42. Was it... In, what was in the... Well, let's, let's all agree it was in the 40s somewhere. How do we not know? We should... <laughs> I know it was in the 40s. I remember there being a 40. It was definitely in the 40s. Yeah, I knew, do you know that? Yeah, because they, they said something about it and like not being. It's like me talking about my age after this year. I'm in the 40s somewhere. Who cares? <laughs> somewhere, yeah. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I agree with pretty much. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely no. He's, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what how bad the Kersey boys described him as, but I'm sure a little bit of that was a little bit with, with a little hatred mixed in there. But no, he's definitely not that bad. And yeah, he's been. I mean, he's, yeah, he's. He's Marty Lowe. I mean, what do you? I mean, he is what he is. Here's the the, the problem because th- this is going to be a conversation I think throughout the, the the bye week. I've already seen a little bit of the whole like you can't. It, it, it was 47 by the way. The texture's right. You. It was what 47 yards. Was okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Texture was right. I've seen a little bit of the whole like I'm hoping to come out of the bye week with a different quarterback. I, I don't think that. No. Like Plummer is the best we have, and I don't think that it's relatively close. I think if you're going, if they were going to hand the reins to anybody else, it'd be Harrison Bailey, and I don't think that he's there yet. Like I think he's got a bigger arm than Plummer, and they like that. They like being able to work with. You know, there are there are things that they can't do with Jack because of his arm strength limitations that they probably could do with Bailey. But I think Plummer's knowledge of the system and his just overall better instincts at the quarterback position. Or we're going to keep him at the position. Like I'm hearing people call for Pierce Clarkson. I don't think Clarkson is ready based on anything that I've heard. Uh, I I don't think that Brady Allen's ready based on anything that I've heard. And then you know exactly what you've got with Brock Doman and Evan Conley. And it, I I feel like we maybe misremember. Like the the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy. Like people were like, get Doman out there, get Doman out there. And then it reminded me of last year in the Kentucky game where people were like, how is Doman in the game? Like what? Why is he playing? Like get Malik out there with one leg and let him do whatever he can. I feel pretty confident in saying that Jack Plummer, for all of his shortcomings, is the best that we've got. There was a moment in the game against Pitt where he, I, I think it might 
I don't know if it was the pick six that went behind him because he, he missed a few receivers Maybe. as well. But there was one when he when he did miss receiver. I thought, man, I could have got that Malik, but at least Malik was able to scramble a little better. Yeah. Malik, by the way, who signed a three-year deal with the Patriots. Yeah. He played a little bit. I don't know he didn't start, but he, he came in there and took a couple snaps. He got in the game. I, think he I don't think he threw a, I don't know if he threw a pass attempt or not. He didn't. I think it was only play that he like factored in. He got sacked for a five-yard loss. Not no. great, but. I, I just I just know that it wasn't him, but Mac Jones was nice enough to take that safety and let the Raiders cover for me. So I heard yeah, I heard that happen. But yeah. he is he is now the primary backup at, in New England. Like yeah. he's he's number two. Bailey's happy. Bailey's happy is the three. I, 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 my mindset when I saw that was that if you're Belichick or you're Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator there, that offense is so bad right now that I'm assuming their their mindset is listen. Malik at least can do some stuff on the ground with his legs. He can only make our offense a little better. Can't make us worse. Because even if he can't complete a pass, the quarterbacks we have around him right now also can't either. So I mean, If nothing else, he's exciting. Then not, yeah, I mean, that's that's the one thing I can think of. It's one reason they would be kind of looking at him and thinking, listen, our offense, we might have the worst offense in the NFL right now. I still, like, I, I was shocked and pleasantly shocked that he, because there was all the talk about he's going to get called up to the 53-man active roster and he'll be the backup this weekend. And he wasn't just called up; like he got a three-year deal. Yeah. Like, like he is, he's good. He's gonna make bank now. He's like, he's, he's on the team. But yeah, there, there's and then uh, Devonta had a bad drop during that game. Did he? I didn't even see it. Yeah, it was right in his hands. It was yeah, could have changed. The, yeah, not a good, not a good sign. But I mean, yeah, the New England's offense is putrid. I mean, their running game is it. it at best days, be mid, and the receiver core is one of the worst in the league. So. But as far as our quarterback, I love you, Devontae, but you know, it is, as it is. far as our quarterback situation is concerned, I stand by because we've had the question a couple of times during the season about well, who who takes the reins next year. And I stand by my belief. I mean, maybe Pierce gets a lot better, maybe Brady Allen gets a lot better, maybe Harrison Bailey um, comes back and and he learns the system and he's he's good to go. If I had to guess, though, I think we're going back to the portal. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, look, look across the country. A lot of the best quarterbacks in college football are, are transfer portal guys. So you're going to have some good arms available. I think that you'll be able to, whether it's keeping somebody on the roster who just gets better during the offseason or going out there and getting a guy from the portal, you should be able to upgrade that position for next season. And I think that, Brahma, I know a lot of people are asking questions about recruiting, which right now our 2024 class is like 13th in the ACC and 53rd overall or something. Uh, like, I think that they'll they'll get they'll improve upon that, but I think they're really banking on just killing it in the portal again. I think this is going to be a portal program, and they're fine with that. Like, I think that they've they've done their research there. They've they've got some guys that they feel like they can target after the season. Maybe some guys that they were once recruiting who aren't getting a whole lot of playing time where they were before, and that's going to be kind of the, the way of the world here. But, I got no problem with that. And then what? what and then you find that wait for that one you know class where you get the one good five star. Whether it be a quarterback, wide receiver, or you know, an impact player that you mix in with those multiple transfers and, yeah. and experienced guys, and whether it be a local kid or, or somebody national, then yeah, that's I have no problem with that whatsoever, and I think it's the best way to go to get this program is near the top of the ACC as quickly as possible, which I think we're already near the upper top of part of the ACC in one year. Texas, for all the fans complaining about Brom losing the game after winning the big one, would you rather him lose the big one but win the lesser one? People killed Satterfield for only winning the games he was supposed to, but hardly ever pulling upsets. Yeah, we, we, we ended up getting on that on our own, but you're right. I mean, I, I think that, like, 
Well, I guess maybe it's a question. Would you trade the Notre Dame win for the Pitt one? And being a no, I like the Notre Dame win. It's it's because we would be undefeated in conference play. Yeah, but but I mean, when it's all said and done, and smoke clears, and we're we're like a three loss teams of the year. You know, we don't much talk about the losses, but we'll go. Well, we did have that big win over top twenty five Notre Dame. I'm with you, like you know, because the the alternative is you're six and one going into the bye week. You've won six games you were favored in. You've lost the the one game that you were an underdog in. You've kind of like, like the texture said, you you've done what you've been doing before, and then well, you know you, you see how the, the the last half of the season plays out. The Notre Dame game, I mean, the, you know, I don't I don't think that you could put a because it's not a conference game. But I don't think you can put a value on what it did for the program and, and you know the memories it created for the fan base and you know kids coming to their first U of L game and getting to yeah, that's the field, the all that am- stuff. The amount of recruits we had there for that game, whether it be guys we were you know, we were recruiting against, it's a big game. deal. Yeah. yeah, I mean it is. And, and from the start, beginning of the season, we said right away that every game on the road, especially true road games specifically, this they were going to be a challenge for this team. Just now, we can just you know thank the Lord above that when we have like three true road games though. So, but. We saw, we've seen in the first two examples of them that, you know, we, we hit tooth and nail to get past NC State, and then what happened against Pitt? So, I mean, this we're just going to have to grit our teeth and hope that Miami has given up by that point. By yeah. the way, I did get to see Tyler Harrell almost catch a touchdown the other night. Nice. Yeah, he dropped it, but it's no matter. Very next text. Only one more road game left. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, that's the positive thing about it is we, because we do look like, I mean, a completely different team, and that's understandable because we have a, I don't want to say young quarterback because that's the you know, quarterback trouble. That's, that is inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, the other, I mean, along those same lines, there's a report out today that Tyler Van Dyke is dealing with an injury. Oh, um, is he? He's got a, his right leg is hurt. So we'll see what happens with him moving forward. So you've got two two of the best quarterbacks on our, on our remaining schedule. Tyler Van Dyke of Miami and Riley Leonard of Duke are both dealing with injuries where even if they play against Louisville, maybe they're a little bit banged up and just not themselves. So Did he play this weekend, Riley Leonard? I assume so, the way they kind he of did, handled him. He did him. not. Oh, he didn't? Okay. No, and they still beat the absolute crap out of him. Yeah, they, they manhandled him. Texture says, 502-414-1450, I still can't believe we didn't get the second coming of Tim Tebow to turn the ball over once. Blows my mind. After the, the first couple series, like, I thought this dude's going to, He's going to throw it to us a couple times. And the running game's not good. Like, I thought that we were going to be the ones that reap the benefits of the, the mistake at quarterback. And then we let, like, we let him settle down. And, and I was shocked. He, so he had 26 pass attempts or 26 dropback attempts. We only pressured him on five of those. We only got to him once. After him being on Sam Hartman the entire game the week before, I was shocked that we didn't get more of a pass rush. And that really, like, Ron English seemed okay with sitting back and being like, you know, we're going to – we don't think this dude can beat us, so let's just let's just play coverage. And as the game went on, he found some weak spots in that zone. He beat us deep a couple of times, and I really I think the the overall scheme just came back to bias a little bit. Although the defense didn't lose us this game, I know thirty eight points. You look at it and you're like, damn, that's a lot. They got put in some bad positions. Positions they only gave up two hundred eighty eight total yards. No, they, they did give up no. a couple of big plays, but this was not. This loss was not on the defense. No, the, well, the, 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 I mean, they gave up the, the last 14 points. I mean, I know the defense was the th- one of them was a 31 yard touchdown. You can say I'm crazy or not, but I don't, I don't worry. But that, that, that to me, I don't knock the defense for that. I don't even, that doesn't count. I mean, that was at, at that point in the game. Um, they did every, they did, they, they held their wall, held the wall up and get the offense so many opportunities that they can't be blamed for finally giving that one up. For sure. Uh, angry guy texted in. What's he got to be angry about? That you're not a legitimately top 15 team, though. Fool's gold, Mike. 
Well, the, I mean, the point was we were ranked the top 15. So at least okay. one of us is still ranked right now. Ooh. Ooh. It is not your team. Ooh. Texas says, I was yelling for uh, going for the fourth down as a fan, but when we came out in the shotgun with a half yard to gain, I was scratching my head big time. There's nothing wrong with a QB sneak or an old school eye formation power run. We have better players than them. It shouldn't be a question of whether or not we can muscle them to gain half a yard. I hated the call. I have watched I've watched many teams go from under center with that needing half a yard and still get that blow, the play blown up in their face. Texas says my radio because it's nothing but static on ninety six. Yeah, with the ninety six one. Yeah, here right now, but fourteen fifty is good. The stream is good. Everywhere else is good. Nine six one though is we're dealing with an issue. Texas hypothetical. Okay, I like hypotheticals. What if Plummer is just twice as good at home versus on the road? He has been so far. Do we go ten and two with only a loss at Miami? Uh, I don't I'd know. Sign up for that. I don't even know if Miami's. I still. I mean, we could still beat Pittsburgh. I know with with Plummer playing poorly. We beat NC State with Plummer playing poorly on the road. I mean, I'm not saying we still can't beat Miami playing poorly. He also, like, he was terrible in the first half against Georgia Tech. He was not great in the game against Indiana, which were technically games away from home. Yeah. So, so we'll see. What, I mean, Miami, I still, you, you can say what you want about them losing to Georgia Tech and then blowing up. They do this every year where they yeah. lose a game. It ruins their chance of a dream season. They kind of quit after that for a little bit. And then they have one or two games late in the year against kind of sexy opponents where they're like, all right, we're going to try. And all that five-star talent shows up, and they just they they, they look incredible in that game. I, I still fear that that's going to be their game against us. Plus, I mean, somewhere so the levy has to break at some point. Is it going to be what matters more, Plummer playing like crap on the road, or the fact Miami can't win a conference home game? That's true. That's that very true. I mean, it's going to be this is going to be a butting of heads here to see which one which one's worse. The unstoppable force versus the immovable <laughs> object. That's exactly what Grill Monsoon was thinking of when he when he uttered that phrase. But yeah. But as far as the texture is concerned, like I'm, you kidding me? Like yeah, I would I would sign up for him being incredible in our last home few home games, and and even if he plays like crap against Miami, ten and two win over Kentucky, six and two in the ACC, you're probably playing a New Year's Six game. You're probably going to the the, the old Outback Bowl, uh, if, if not. Like that's it was fun at least. Get, year. It was at least fun to get that one week of of, of thinking about. Maybe oh, it was wonderful. I mean, we at least got the one week. I, and I know. I, and I know Kentucky fans are probably like, oh, well, welcome back to reality. Yeah, I know, but reality sucks. That's why people go on vacation. That's why people have virtual reality headsets to wear. I mean, that's, that's, no one wants to be in reality, and it was it was fun. We got at least one week of thinking about, you know, the dream of maybe what, what the hypothetical. It was it was at least a good time. The, it was, and like you know, I would like to get two weeks of, especially the bye week coming up. When it goes away, I think a lot of people, and I kind of had the same thought again, was like, when's the next time we're going to be able to to dream like that again? But here's the good thing is, you know, next year the playoff expands. Yeah. So if we had an expanded playoff this year, we'd still be sitting here being like, well, we're still kind of in the same boat. Like, we, we still very much have a shot. Win out, we're probably going to be a top 12 team. We probably get to go to the playoff. So from this point forward, you know, if you have these same types of starts, like, there's going to be even more excitement. Because then you can talk about, you know, paths to the playoff, and it's not just being one of the four best teams in college football, and and that'll be fun. Now we play, we play Notre Dame about the same time. I think we play them at the very end of September next year, and that'll be on the road. So that'll be a nice little test. Uh, we got to figure out who we replace Indiana with, but you know, we'll start off. I think we play Austin P. Week one, that should be a nice way to start the season. 
I think whoever we replace Indiana with should be a team that we should beat in week I mean, two. We, we can use half the Indiana money and buy like a, a you know a D two team to come in here. And, well, we already know. got Austin Peay, so it has to be an FBS team. Oh, okay. But it'll probably be like a, I think a MAC or a Sun Belt team or something like that. Um, so you know we we. And then we'll get a conference game, and then we'll play at Notre Dame. So if we start 4-0 next year with a win on the road against Notre Dame, we're right back to dreaming big again. You never know. I do know. I will be dreaming big. But you're right. It was so much fun. Like I mean, even was, and, and, and it was the fact we're on a bye this week. That means we would have moved up at least I a know. spot or two. I know. Because the people I just know. traditionally losing around us. Now. And we could have had a whole two weeks of, like, the, oh, yeah. But, you know. Did you hear the college game day segment on Saturday morning? Uh, which, I, I, depend, I saw, I had a few clips sent to me. They had like a two-and-a-half-minute segment where they compared our resume right okay. now with TCU's resume the year before. I didn't I, – I, I saw that, but I didn't – I saw someone – I saw that on Twitter, but did not watch it. So When I saw it, it was after we had already lost, so I didn't want – I had no desire to look at it again. People were all upset about it, and I, I didn't really get why. Like, they, it wasn't like the, the game day people were just lying about us. You know, they, they were kind of saying, yeah, they've had some close games. Like, you know, they almost lost to Georgia Tech. They almost lost to Indiana. They almost lost uh, to, to NC State. And the second half of their schedule was tougher. Like, they could lose a lot of these games. And people were looking at, they were comparing and saying, you know, TCU had already beaten three ranked teams. You know, they were 6-0, yeah, but they had beat, played a really tough schedule. And the schedule in the second half was really tough. And, and it was like, you know, people were like, they're not giving us any credit. And I'm like, they're also not wrong. You know, they, they and I think that ended up. No, one of the Texas, I guess, night. just recently or on Friday sent in the comparison chart. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds ludicrous to say, but. Well, I mean, when you put the numbers down here, with the exception of AP ranked wins, it was very similar. They're very similar, yeah. But I think that they looked at it and said, you know, TCU's schedule was a lot tougher, both in the first half and then it was in the second half, tougher than what ours is going to be. And I, I, I get it. And we had not been as impressive in victory as they had so far, but it was just nice to be talked about. Like, like I mean, the fact that they had a a two and a half minute segment on College Game Day talking about our potential path to the playoff was. It was a dream. Like it was, it was wonderful. Like you said, it was just nice to be able to soak that up for for last week. I was hoping to have a few more weeks in October to, to keep dreaming the biggest of dreams. But now, you know, we'll, we'll settle for hopefully having a good last five weeks and, and making this a, a special season. Which I think, anytime you win double digit games with a program like this, that's a special season. I agree. Take a break when we come back. More from you guys. You on what the... special losing Iowa State and Cincinnati? <laughs> this is true. I t- I bet I, that was a few games I won. I looked at that game. I would stay getting five and a half points. Not a good team on, at home at, on the road against the Sands. Like this is, there was ever a game that Satterfield loses this game right here. I watched a little bit of it. It was. I didn't watch. I just saw the score and was like pure shed dead on right on that one. All right, back with more from the Thornton Sacks line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on fourteen fifty the Big X. Lean on me when you're not strong. I won't cry, I won't cry, 
shed a tear just as long as you stand, stand by the drum. And darling, darling, stand. Coping music by here. Brum. Oh, stand by Brum. Coping music here on a Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show as we continue to react to Louisville's 38 to 21 loss at Pittsburgh. Uh, we've got to. Better movie, Lean on Me or Stand by Me? Stand by Me. Better song, Stand by Me or Lean on Me? Stand by Me. No good call. I, I think it gets a sweep too. It's it, not, Both are great. All are great. All four are, are terrific. Yeah, they are. The two Stand by Me's get the call from Penny King. What a voice. And the movie just. That, that, that might be my. It's probably my top 10. It's a great movie. Yeah. No respect to Lean on Me. Don't get mad at me, because Lena Me does have the the uh, Carmen San Diego woman, the the black woman who yeah. was from the show. Yeah, she's in that movie. She just died. Did she really? I didn't know that. In the last year, yeah. That's the only movie I know. Other, that's the only two things I can tell. I know she's from. She's in that movie and that show. Where in the world? She's the bad guy. She's the one that they uh that like once um. Lynn Thickpen. That's her name. Yes. She died uh this year. The age of fifty-four, too oh, young. Wow, that's way too. Which young. means she was like twenty-eight when she was in Carmen San Diego, which makes me feel like I'm questioning everything. I'm questioning the fact that she doesn't look twenty. She looks like she's in her thirties and forties in the movie. Like she, she looks older than, than what she was. Anyway, uh, Thornton's text line is five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We did we did the thing last segment. Where we read like fifteen texts. We still ended up with more total text uh, when we left <laughs> for the break. That we had How do we do that? Because people like they, you know they start adding their thoughts. They're reacting. It's a it's very much a immersive show. It's your show as well. We love you to take ownership of it, and so we we love using the text line. Uh, yeah, right. please buy it from us. We'd love that. Sponsor the gambling <laughs> segment at least. Texture says, Plummer let the Tom Drexler endorsement and free Thornton's reward points go to his head. <laughs> now he's going to get back in the lab and do a Rocky Four montage of chopping wood, running miles through the city, and working on his hand uh, off motion to Jaws. We will have a glorious bounce back on the homecoming slash TK ACT honor night against Duke. Let's get the Brom train back on track. Hearts on fire, cold desire, plumber to the limit. <laughs> he also did not have the mustache on Saturday. What, what, what was he thinking? I mean, he's going to find a way like Rocky where Rocky worked out in the uh, in Russia for like two months and came in with a tan like he'd been on the beach at Miami. Gotta, I mean, grow facial hair. Very, very obvious. You play with a mustache, you're ten times better than when you play without a mustache. I think we've established scientifically this. proven, actually. Well, he has. We've proven it this year. Yeah, no, they they, they did studies in like Harvard and and in in Rome, and they they re- they learned that it's 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 a scientific fact. Those who have facial hair are more successful in sports. But Trevor Scales found out at Harvard when he was studying there. <laughs> Texas Plummer is serviceable, but I wouldn't say he's a good quarterback. The Indiana game we won in spite of Plummer. He's worse on the road, and he's definitely not good enough to count on him to win the game. I mean, serviceable or good. I mean, it, that's they're kind of in the same area, right? I, I think depends on what your. I guess maybe some. I I, I don't yeah. I, I'd it, say he's good compared to like the 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 totality of the FBS, like 133 quarterbacks for 133 teams. I, I'd say he's like an average Power Five quarterback. Is that safe? Is that fair? I mean, if you save 100, how many quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks? So 133 teams are in the FBS. I would be willing to bet he's at least in the, at least in the top 50. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd say maybe, I don't know about top 30 maybe. I don't know because there's, there's good quarterbacks at other teams that we just don't see. But Right. I think he's probably in that 
30 I'd, to 40 I'd say I'd put him in at least guaranteed top 50. If he was just a little bit better. Just, if he was just, just a little, a be- little, little bit, bit better, he still wouldn't be playing college football, though. I don't know, man. Maybe. Yeah, Who I mean, knows? Yeah, if he's just a little, like, if we had Sam Hartman, who's a six-year quarterback, and I think he's better than, than Plummer, though he doesn't show it when he plays plays against us, I think we'd probably be 7-0. I mean, you'll take Plummer over Leary, though, right? I mean, now, I, I said it differently at the beginning of the season. Leary's been terrible. Yeah. Texas system, now that running the table is out, should Jeff give Clarkson a couple series like Petrino rotated Stefan? I don't, I don't mean, I don't think. He was rotating them anyway before that, that, that Miami lost that year. Yeah, I mean Brom got one yeah, series yeah. every single game. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't a result of the loss at Miami. Like I don't think Clarkson is next man up. I, I, I mean, I agree. I don't think he is either. If you're doing the, I mean, look, let's just look at what I, both what I'd heard and what we saw in the Murray State game. Like the order of quarterback was Plummer, Doman, Conley, Bailey, Clarkson. Now, if you're saying he's going to start playing for the future, I think that he would go to Bailey before he would go to Clarkson. I mean, what I'd heard the very first game was that if if Jack gets hurt or something, Doman will be the guy that comes in. He, he's the game manager. He's won games here before. But if he didn't play well, they would go to Harrison Bailey very quickly. I don't, don't know if that's changed in the last month or so, but I don't think that Clarkson is is viewed as like the – like they're not viewing him the same way that Bobby Petrino was viewing Brian Brom. No. In that season I, in 04. Far from it. In fact, I think if Clarkson was – near the second man up, we would have seen him use instead of Evan Conley in those trick plays. Great point, for sure. And I'm not, not just, I don't mean to like make it kind of like, like a racial stereotype, but he should be faster anyway, but I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you, you would think is you would think if he's a better, you know, better passing threat as well as that speed on the edge, I think you would have seen him use there instead of Conley. Texas says two things. Fourth and one from your own 35 without Jordan in the game and you try to run up the middle. Yikes. And yes, there was no way that field goal was going in. <laughs> I mean, almost, it wasn't that far off. No, but everyone knew he was going to miss it. Yeah. I it mean, just it felt like that night. It felt like, I mean, 47 yards. We only had, I think, two yards to get the first down. I'm all for going I was shocked we didn't one, go But for it. you go from the 35, that's just, I mean, that. See, that, that to me, I know, I know it's hard to say it, it says desperation because we were up 21-14 at the time. But it did kind of, that, that did, it did have a desperation smell of Braun being like, hey, we need to put these guys away now or this is going to be bad. And it, I mean, I guess in hindsight, he knew he knew the right decision because we were unsuccessful putting him away in that play, and we ended up having a fight to the end where we lost. So I think he was annoyed. It was like playing a video game where you're just like stupid stuff keeps screwing up, yeah. And, and you're like, bleep it, let's get this. Like, like, let's just, you know, I'm tired of messing around. This game shouldn't be close. Let's go down there. Let's score. They'll go away. We'll a- run away with this thing. And I think that he, he got caught up in the moment. But like I said, I got caught up in the moment too, watching from home. Now I don't get paid millions of dollars, but. Like it, when it, when it happened, when Jamari Thrash came up just short, I said, "Go for it, G- go pick this up." We had owned the line of scrimmage up to that point. I had no doubt that we were going to pick up a yard, and when we didn't, it was that yeah, was very much a well. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, what do you want me to say? And I think that was Jeff's uh, response after the game as well. Texas has plumber stats uh, at home games: three games, seven seven hundred eighty yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. Away games: four games, one thousand one hundred twenty-one yards, six touchdowns. Uh, three of which were against Georgia Tech, and six interceptions. Plummer has been good at home. He just needs someone to slap him out of it. He had two picks against Murray State? Yeah, we had the one at the very end of the half, which was sort mm-hmm. of like a desperation. Yeah. And then he had, I think, another one that got Well, that was one of his ones at Georgia Tech, too. It was his only pick at Georgia Tech was the, the Hail Mary, wasn't it? 
No, he had he had another he had a really bad one too. I couldn't remember. Yeah, Texas says uh, it's wild. Did he have two in the game? I thought he only had one. He had two and a fumble. Ah, okay. Texas, it's wild the difference in the two offenses between Sat and Brom. Last year we were screaming throw the ball further than five yards. This year I'm screaming can't we just throw for can't we just throw for the first down? I mean, trust me, I like this offense much better. But dang, Plummer, take some time and just move the chains. We do have the weapons for that, and I believe that's what we're built for. What do you think about I me? Mean, I mean, this is this is a run first team. Throwing I mean, the ball fifty-two times in this game, it looks terrible. But you have to remember, like, we were throwing it virtually every play for our last three drives because we were playing for so far behind. But did you think that we were throwing it too much when the game was yeah was in jeopardy? I didn't. And, and, I, and I've said this. I mean, I brought this up earlier last week. I mean, this is a this is a run first team. I mean, I know I know it's weird to say, and you know, you think Brom obviously you think pass, pass, pass. But you know, we looked at the stats. I mean, what, going into this game, I mean. Our wins, our best games, we run the ball more than we used to run to set up the pass and not vice versa. Mm-hmm. I know Brom probably wants to go vice versa, and there'll be a time, hopefully, you know, when we have the right weapons in there that it will be that way where it's the pass setting up the run, which is what he probably wants more. But right now, this is a – when we can't get the running game going, what's like with Pitt? I mean, if we can't get our, our – our, you know, getting going downhill and getting – I mean, I'm not saying getting chunks of 10, 20-yard runs, but – you know, three, four yards and get set in the third and short where we can go into play action. When we can't do that, we are we do struggle moving the ball. And Plummer struggles as a quarterback in that situation. I mean, they we've got to be able to do it. And when we go and kind of, I think sometimes, yeah, I think the, the nature of wanting to be a passing guy more, you see that in, in this game particularly where we kind of forget about the run because of the situation of the game. And that's... Even with even with Jordan out, this team—I mean, we were still able to run the ball somewhat okay. I mean, yeah, Maurice Turris, twelve carries, eighty-one yards. He averaged six point eight yards. Per now the, the thing is, is that of the eighty-one yards, I think he had like thirty of them on one run, though. If I'm, I mean, they had, didn't he have one big run? He had thirty yards on one run, but still yeah. eleven fifty-one yards and eleven carries is over. But I mean, even even in, uh, even the Wisconsin, your Wisconsin dude. I mean, um, I mean, he's averaging you know three yards a carry. I mean, that's. It's not a lot, but you got you got to be able to do it. And, we, and when we get caught behind the chains and we get sacked, I mean, this, this offense is, yeah, I mean. It did feel like plumber, and, and there was, a, get the, there was a time, the field. you have to forgive me, I didn't rewatch the game, but it felt like there were multiple times, especially in the third quarter, where we were driving the ball effectively with Maurice Turner, and we would get down to like their 35, their 30, and then just inexplicably we would call a first down pass play. You're just trying to trick him, just trying to keep him honest. This is fair. And then we'd end up being second and ten and kind of up against it. And then you'd run for two yards and then bam, it's third and eight. And that's not exactly where Jack Plummer thrives. It just felt like yeah, you know, we kept going for the knockout punch when we really didn't have to. There's nothing wrong with winning that game, you know, thirty to twenty or, or whatever it may have been. Just get the victory and get out of there. And we just kept playing with fire and eventually we got Insanely burned. I mean, I don't know about what's here, but very similar to what Satterfield's offense was, was, you know, run the ball, run the ball, push it down the throat, and hit him over top. That's what this team, I mean, we are just only one year removed despite all the transfers of a Satterfield team. And I think it's kind of how we are now. I think the only big difference to me, though, is that Satterfield had like the same like four plays he freaking run. I mean, it was, I mean, Brom mixes it up. The, the philosophy is the same. But the, the the play calling is completely, you know, a, a different wide array of plays, which makes it a lot better to do and watch. It also and felt like Plummer, especially in the second half, just locked on to Jamari Thrash. And I, um, I know that they thought that Devonshire wasn't that good at cornerback. Like, 
because Thrash has been going up against the last two weeks. He's gone up against two of the best corners in America, Aiden White in, in uh, for NC State, and then the kid who's named Washington. I think for Notre Dame, he's going to be a top five cornerback uh, pick. They clearly thought that Thrash would get the better of him, and he put up solid numbers. But at a certain point, like we were just, he wasn't looking at anybody else, and that was getting annoying, and it wasn't working well. So they, they just, you know, we got very, very one dimensional at times in the second half. Texas says, quote, Mike, the FM channel is down. Trevor, quote, well, something must be wrong. <laughs> well, he's the best in the biz, folks. I was going to say, what's his name? What is the guy's name, Major League, that does the, uh, this is breezing down the bag when he has to do his own. Fly ball. Caught. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, was Marty? No, Marty was the name of the of Bob Euchre. Oh, it was? Yeah, that was... When that Marty, Mar, uh, no, a dull, Marty, uh, what was Bobby Something dull, isn't it? Doyle, Doyle, Harry Doyle. I thought it was yeah, Harry, Harry Doyle. Doyle. Harry Doyle, yeah. yeah. That was the worst part about the third the third version of that movie. A, it was the Twins, and B, it was, it wasn't even the Twins, it was the minor league version, and it was Harry Doyle, but he was sober version. I was like, why, you don't, we don't want, we don't want Bobby Uecker sober. There's no fun. Yeah. The, only, the only thing good about the second one was when he would get drunk and made fun of, like, Wesley Snipes' movie. Or, I guess, Mario Epps in this situation. <laughs> Texture says, uh, scroll back to my earlier text on Friday where I said to bet your kids college fun on UNLV minus he nine and a half. Did. He did. He nailed that. Yeah, I, I brought that. Actually, I brought that up to my uncle. I was at the family thing. I saw that score. It was, like, 28 to nothing or something. I was like. I should have listened to that texture. He said, if you did, not only would John and Virginia's college fund be paid for, but you would have enough to cover both your and Mary's student loans. He well, was right. I saw that score. What did it be in? What was, did they, they, so Last I, I saw it was like 48 to 14. Okay. Because I mean, you and I both were like, yeah, like, I'm a little bit nervous about rivalry game. And you know, Are they really like, it's UNLV. How much do we really trust them? Um, but clearly we should have the final Dexter, score, 45, 27. Dexter, you've got, uh, you've got credibility now. You, you can give us, you've got. Send us some Look, we did fine for ourselves. We, we still, did. We had a perfect weekend. But if you get another one like that text like UNLV, send that in. You've, you've earned some credit with us, at least with me. Texture says if Louisville beats Duke, they would have the tiebreaker over Duke regardless. Well, head-to-head, yeah. But if it comes down to, I'm assuming that there's going to be more than one team with one loss. Yeah, here, here's my philosophy. I just, I, I'm, I'm not thinking about all that. My mindset is two things. Louisville keeps winning and everyone loses. I know there's no way that everyone can lose every game because they play each other. I want it somewhat, somehow, some way, everyone just loses. If you want to keep it simple, this texture's right. If you want to keep it simple, we need to win out, and then if Carolina loses twice, we're in. Because then that would be, you know, Florida State, we're assuming, would be undefeated or have one loss, and that's fine. And then Duke would have one loss, too, but we would own the tiebreaker with them head-to-head. So The same texture sent in, apparently, a version of Torn, Natalie Umbreglia's Torn, sung by Scott Sapp. Where did you get through that? It's in the same text that that person sent. Oh, the other one. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to jump ahead of you. It just it, it caught my attention. We don't need to hear that. <laughs> I, I don't know if we'll, be, we'll get to hear it, but I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm sure it's not going to listen to it. Texas Plumber has to have a short leash for the rest of the day, right? The rest of the year, maybe? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I wouldn't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, like, because we, we, we established this, right? I mean, what's. You're gonna cut the leash, but where, where, where are you gonna put it on? I mean, I mean, you, Harrison Bailey. No, I mean, but yeah, I mean, but what? What? I mean, we have no proof that he's gonna. I mean, gonna be any better? No, we don't. I mean, Texas I, says, do we win the bye week? Yeah. Do we win the bye week? Yes, we win the bye week. We're gonna win the bye week. Yeah, 
Texas. We're going to beat Simmons College to oblivion. That's Wednesday night, Wednesday. right? That's Wednesday. Trevor will be gone, so you won't get to react to a Cardinal basketball victory. The only <laughs> not the only one, but I won't for a while. What sucks is like this weekend. I'm. Uh, you know, what do we got going on this week? How are you replacing me? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Wow, wait, wait, give me like a three week notice on this, man. Well, people have schedules. It's t- Shockingly, it's tough to get in here and find people to do three hours of sports radio for free. Um, Yes, somehow they convinced us. Well, I'm not doing it for free. No, uh, you're getting paid. Wait a minute, what? I was at the Lions playing the Ravens this weekend, which I hate. It's like they. Yeah, but at least it's, it's a, you. You. I mean, I know why you hate it, but it, it, from a worry standpoint, as a, as a fan, I mean, a lot. Why the Ravens are doing this game and not taking a bye week coming off the London trip is beyond me. Well, I think they get to choose. <laughs> no, they do. What? They got to choose. How do you get to choose your schedule? No, you get to choose whether you have a bye week post London or not. What? Yeah, that's that's what they talked about during the game. They really? Like, they said when when you play if you play the London week, you can choose to have a bye week. Now Jacksonville didn't because they played back to back London, and they just stayed there. But they 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 done the Colts Ravens game. They brought it up. They're like, uh, or they're the uh, not Colts Ravens, but the uh, yeah the Colts whoever they're playing the. Uh, they said that they they asked them, and the Titans, yeah, Titans said yes, we'll take it. And the Ravens to, to turn it down. They said no, we'll we'll wait. Really? Yeah, that seems dumb. I thought the same thing personally, but I know I know most teams dislike the early bye week. I know that's that's always a thing in the NFL when you don't get to choose. They hate teams ha- hate having the early bye week, but still, man, it's it, that's I mean, a lot. That's a wear and tear. I don't know. I mean, really, I mean, think about it. If you're you're finishing up lunch Sunday afternoon. You're on a charter plane, so you're back by Sunday night. I mean, you've got a whole week to still kind of getting back your body back into the time zone. Yeah, I guess. Still, it just seems like it takes a, takes a lot out. I mean, I'm. I mean, what's the flight from Louisville? I mean, from London to Baltimore? What, fourteen hours? No, no, not that long. Not even that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, probably like six hours. Yeah. So I mean, fourteen hours. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's that. That's actually from from the the. New York or whatever to Japan in 15 hours. Uh, Texture says we have multiple texts wanting us to talk about F Boy Island. Did you did you see the ads for F Boy Island? I did. I did. Also saw the the ads for the show Son of a Critch. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> this is what the CW does. That was some of the things I was. Yeah, I didn't see any charmed. They, no, they, they've moved on. They moved on, but uh, yeah, F Boy Island. I used to be on HBO. And it, oh, got, did it, it got canceled. So the CW was like, well, hell, we can't pass up this opportunity. Let's get all the F boys here and put them on the CW. That <laughs> <laughs> was America. What are we doing? I mean, th- that was the worst. Like, we're losing to Pitt in a, a game where we're nationally ranked and undefeated, and I'm seeing ads for F boy Island. I don't know, like, but I've never really, felt worse about it. Is it really more, much worse than when you're watching AC game on AC Network and you're getting all the infomercial ads? Yeah, I mean, I would take Alien Tape a, a thousand times over F-Boy Island. <laughs> My daughter's like, what's F-Boy Island? I'm like, oh. Well, Virginia, what, what, what when the, you grow up, some of the little boys who are very nice to you in class, they're going to grow up to be F-Boys. What What does the F stand for? It's the F word. Have uh, you ever heard of that term before? Yes, yeah, so I'm being a just Okay, I was, I was, for a second there, I was like, it's, I never know with you. When I assume anything, I usually wind up assuming wrong. <laughs> This is the one Nikki Glazer's on, right? And she have no idea. Yeah, so I always just think of her from the from her the, the roast. The, the roast, yeah. yeah, she would do. Yeah. 
All right, let's take a break. Chisholm was one that got popular in the roast and they failed doing a bunch of TV shows. Exactly. Like F-Boy Island. <laughs> now she's on F-Boy Island on the CW. Let's take a break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hour is up. We'll rehash some of these thoughts. We'll talk a little basketball uh, and then go back to the text line, 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Monday edition here on I'm telling Brock, even if you fall, buddy, I'll be there waiting to catch you. Five o'clock hour here at the Mike Rutherford Show, Monday edition, around 1450, my not love, 96.1. My love runs deep. The Big X. We've been reacting, as you might guess, uh, mostly to Louisville's 38-21 loss at Pittsburgh on Saturday night, the loss that ends the card's perfect run, but does not knock them out of the top 25. Were you a, a, a little bit like me, TK? They fall six spots in the coaches' poll to number 21. They fall seven spots in the AP poll, also to number 21. I thought they might fall a little bit further after that performance. Yeah, I, just, I guess, I mean, I'm assuming there was some other teams that lost to help us kind of keep our, you know. Well, I think what happened is Notre, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame beat the Braves off USC. So everyone had them jumping up into the top 20. And then I think they kind of were like, well, we can't have the team that has a less one less loss and just beat the brakes off them the week before, yeah. drop completely out. So I think a lot of people were like, all right, we'll put them down at like 21, which is fine. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm glad we're staying in the top 25 is all I care about. Imagine not being in the top 25 right now. Because we won't. Yeah, I mean, what kind of losers is that? Imagine having that happen to you after losing a 38-21 game. I mean, it's. Some people stay in the top 25 after losing 38-21 games. Some people don't. I mean, some people are just, just a better football program. Clearly. Uh, we are one spot ahead of Air Force, which also feels good after our rivalry with, with Air Force after their, what, 102-3 to beatdown in the military oh, ball two they years just, ago. I mean, the shellacking <laughs> they put on us, like 82 to nothing. And, I mean, it's They not, had three receivers catch for 300 yards. If you're looking at the rest of the schedule, too, like Louisville still, that game against Duke in a couple of weeks, which we, I said this earlier, we don't know the kickoff time and we won't know the kickoff time until this weekend. The ACC put a six-day flex on that game and, and four others. Duke is number 16 in the AP poll. They play Florida State coming up this weekend. Even if they lose that game, that's going to be a top 25 versus top 25 game. They'll stay in the rankings. Uh, they'll have just one conference loss or no conference losses. That's going to be a big-time deal. And I'm hoping that despite the loss to Pitt, we still have a, an environment that is at least somewhat similar to what we saw a couple of weeks ago against Notre Dame because the, the team deserves it. And this does feel like a game where if you lose, even though it's a very good Duke team, it could sort of start a spiral effect where you know we, we end up not having the type of season that we thought we were going to when we were sitting at 6-0 and and, and riding the high of the Notre Dame win. And if you win, all of a sudden you feel like that could also cause some positive momentum, take care of business against the two Virginia schools, go down there, play a Miami team that's maybe reeling, and then hopefully beat Kentucky. And then you know that's a pretty special season, even if you only win four yeah, of those games. Season. So I, I do feel like this game will really set the tone for the final stretch of the season. I hope that we have a fantastic crowd. I hope the fans realize just how big of a deal this is. 
whether Duke has Riley Leonard or not. And look, if they're coming off a win over Florida State, then my goodness, that, that's going to be a, a Duke team that's flirting with being in the top 10. And, you know, the, the implications for the ACC title game are going to be off the charts. So it'll be a big deal. Regardless of when that game kicks off, we have lots of time to talk about it, but it's still 12 days away. We getting game day? I don't think we're getting game day. I don't know what else is going on that weekend, but yeah. I, I feel like game day still has one of those, like where they do like the South Dakota, North Dakota State or whatever. Well, you, brought, you mentioned that. Yeah, you know. they'll, they'll, they'll do one of those if it's, if it's nobody else. Because they've already had a Duke game, even though it, it, you know, this one won't be in Durham. I feel like they'll try to avoid having a team like Duke on multiple times, unless they're like undefeated in, in the top five, which, which won't be the case here. Again, it also depends on what's going on that weekend, too, for all we know. Yeah, for sure. We, we, we've talked a little bit about the – I mean, we've talked a lot about the negatives on Saturday. We, we focused a little bit on the positives. If there was a, a big positive to be gleaned from what we saw on the field on Saturday at Pittsburgh, does anything stand out to you? Oh, the defense. I mean, I thought the defense, you know, were, I mean, I know Pittsburgh's offense isn't exactly, you know, the, it's bad. the cream of the crop, but the defense was still – uh, and and and, uh, and we brought up you know the late touchdown and, and they had they had a couple drives. I mean they 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 kept. I mean they gave the offense every opp- the multiple opportunities to be able to put the the lockdown on that on that game and the offense just couldn't obviously take those opportunities. So yes, I was I was still happy with the defense and as well as just the, the running game when 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 Dwar did go out. I mean the you know the. The heart and the kind of enthusiasm you see behind Turner and, and that crew as well. I mean, I, the, the next man up notion really came to true. I was going to say the play of Maurice Turner, I, I thought stood out. He he was he was very good. I know he didn't get the short yardage on the fourth down call, but he was really, really good when he was thrust into that position, especially after you know, Garendo fumbled, put the ball on the ground. They did go right back to him, but then I think maybe there was a little bit of... I, mean, I like Garendo. He, he runs hard. I mean... He did lose. I mean, he, he fumbled twice. He, well, he, he got... Didn't lose either one of them, which was nice. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I like Isaac a lot, but he wasn't really getting it going the way that Turner was. And I thought that – I think Maurice Turner is covered in star potential. I think it's going to take some time for him to get there, but he is one of the fastest guys on the team when he starts getting better at reading holes. I mean, you saw it on that on the 30-yard run. Like, he danced around the line and made, like, three dudes miss. It was an unbelievable run. And then the, the speed is the speed, but it's a matter of just getting there. I think what, I think he'll get better as time goes on. The question is, you know, can you get him to stick around in this area of, you know, I want to be the guy right now, with Jawar probably coming back next year. Maybe, uh, you know, I think that we feel really good about uh, some of the guys that are on the roster as well that haven't seen as much time this year. The, the, the freshman from Cincinnati, whose name now escapes me, who played so well, looked so good in the Murray State game. Like, it's it's going to be a crowded backfield again next year. Can you keep Murray's Turner around for another year? If you do, I think he has a chance to be a star down the line. I thought yeah. he looked really good. I agree. Uh, if you've got thoughts, let us you know. Are not happy with the defense? I think the defense was okay. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I, I mean, I don't expect the defense to be shut down the entire game, but, I mean, it, 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 I thought the opportunity, it, it, it held its ground and gave this, this offense more than it needed and opportunities to take over the control of the game. No, I, I totally agree with that. Like, I think the defense, like I said earlier, the defense was, was is not to blame, even though they gave up 38 points on paper. No. They, yeah, the, 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 it was not their fault. I think my issue was I was surprised that they didn't get more consistent pressure on the quarterback. Like I said, Veyer threw the ball 26 times. He was pressured five times. He only went down once. I, I was surprised that we didn't get more of a push up front and that Ron English didn't have a more aggressive philosophy. I guess they just didn't think that, that Veyer could beat them with his arm. And for the most part, he didn't. But when he, he had a couple of, of big-time plays, and then when he settled down in the second quarter especially, he started finding guys over, over the middle in the, the soft belly of that zone. Um, you know, they, they ran the ball 
not very well against us, which was what was to be expected. But I was surprised that we didn't get to the quarterback a little bit more and at least cause one turnover. I mean, the turnovers were the key of the game, and, and you know, we gave it away three times. Uh, we could have, well, I guess, we gave it away. What we fumbled five times and only lost one of them, and then threw two interceptions. Yeah, we. Had, they didn't fumble at all, and yeah. they didn't throw a pick. So that's the difference right there. I would have liked to have seen more. They also had a Kenny Johnson, which gave me PTSD every time he did something. <laughs> so not the last. Not the first time we haven't been paying enough attention to a Kenny Johnson along the sideline. <laughs> uh, between the Kenny Johnson and the Rutherford stuff this year, I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't like, like, don't like, like them saying his name. Can you just kind of you get like a shiver, like, <sighs> like you just get that feeling, like, like Will does when the when the when the, the, the mind flares. That's how it feels. Like, yeah, gets that feeling in the back. Of the, hey, what have I been binge watching? Kenny Johnson blocked me on Twitter, by the way. I'm like, Kenny, I was on your side. Jordan, Jordan <laughs> Fair blocked me too. I was like, Jordan, I was not on your side. I was a little, a little bit more critical of you, but you still need to block. You. They don't block me. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, we do have a couple of basketball notes to get to. Um, the AP poll came out today. We depressed and we been look, depressing enough. Look, we have to talk about it. The AP yeah. poll came out today for men's basketball. The preseason poll. Uh, Louisville, <laughs> Louisville's on it. Louisville's not ranked. No, I'm surprised you didn't ask me. Where not ranked. Were. Not 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 in the top twenty-five. Uh, this is the first time they did not receive a vote. This is the first time since 1959 and 1960, according to Kelly Dickey that Louisville has not received at least one vote in the preseason AP poll in back-to-back years. That's sobering. The only positive note I can say to that is, thank Lord the poor 1941 team didn't take a hit during our game. <laughs> I forgot. That, that poor, I, I could have repressed everything from last year. That I forgot poor, the 41 That team. poor team, man. I swear. Like, I know, I don't think any of them are still with us, but... Like their grandkids, I wanted to send like a basket of muffins too, just to feel bad for them. Makes it even worse. They were preseason like number four. Oh, the forty-one team? No, they weren't. No. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it'd be, it'd be even worse if they were. <laughs> I believe you for a second. Do you have any idea who number one is in the preseason poll? Kansas. Kansas is correct. Uh, they, they received forty-six votes. Duke is number two. Why, it's got to be Kansas. That's why they didn't get punished. It's true. Uh, Kansas received forty-six first-place votes. Duke received eleven. They are number two. Purdue received three first-place votes. They check in at number three. <laughs> Poor Purdue. I mean. Michigan State and Marquette round out the top five. Defending national champion UConn is number six. Houston, Creighton, Tennessee, and then Florida Atlantic are the top ten. I like putting Purdue in the top 25. It's just, just mean to their fans. I mean, it is crazy. Like This is a team that they return basically everybody from a number one seed, and everyone's like, yeah, they can't be the number one. <laughs> they, can't be, they can't be number one in the country. There's no way. They lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. <laughs> But uh, they are number one, however, God, on the newly updated Ken Palm ratings for the season. Maybe which updated the worst, over the weekend. worst backcourt I think I've ever seen. That includes watching Louisville play last year. Purdue is number one on the, on the Ken Palm rankings. I don't know if you saw me tweet this. If you do, you're cheating. But where do you think Louisville sits in the, the first Ken Palm rankings of the year? How far down does Ken Palm go? All 363 teams. 362 this year. 186. 109. Wow. I don't know if that, I'm, I'm way off or they're way off. We were 290 at the end of last year, which That's, is almost unconscionable. I knew we were over. Lord, 290. 290 is unbelievable. We are one spot behind Furman, who beat us last year. I, <laughs> I feel like we've been behind Furman a lot. We are one spot ahead of the DePaul Blue Demons. <laughs> oh, DePaul. The rivalry's back. The rivalry is back, baby. We have three spots ahead of Minnesota. Second Minnesota. Yeah, 109, according to Ken Palm. Uh, they've got Purdue at number one, Kansas two, Houston three, UConn four, and Gonzaga at number five. 
109 is this is not, this is not going to shock you. The the lowest we've ever started a season in the Ken Palm era. I mean, keep in mind before but Ken Palm only goes back to like the early 2000s, right? Ken Palm goes back to 1999. Oh, okay. well, close enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before I mean, you know, before the the, the 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 crazy season with Chris Mack quitting two years ago, we never finished outside the top 60. And now we're coming 60. off of now we're coming off of years where we finished 127 that year. We thought that oh my god, 127, and then last year we're 290. I mean, we give up our third child right now to, to get in the top 60. It's unbelievable how I mean, like you think about like the worst seasons of the Patino era, 06 after the Final Four, we go to the NIT, right? Worst team of all time. Like how Andre McGee team, this team sucks. We're not good enough. We finished 46 on Ken Palm. That team was terrible. The the David Padgett team, they went to the NIT. 38th on Ken Palm. Because Padgett's a miracle worker. And now we're like, oh, 109's not terrible. <laughs> Does who? What are we doing here? The, I mean, team that, the, the team that's 110? The team that was 290 last year is like, 109's not bad. Well, I mean, that's if you don't think that we're not going to be around 290 when it's all said and done anyway. That's a good question. Do you think we, you know, 109 on Ken Palm to start the year, do we finish above or below 109 when all said and done? This year? Below. I, I'm listen. You're behind the eight ball of me, Kenny Payne, and this team. You, you, I was ahead of you. You had, you had to lose my respect last year. God knows if there's one thing you did quickly, it was that. Well, if you are wondering, like, but how now the you're hell... behind the eight ball with me. You've got, you've got to get me. You, you, you can't just. I'm just not free, free love for you now. Because Ken Palm does. If you're wondering how a team can go from 290 to 109 in, in a single off, I mean, that is a, it's a jump of 181 spots, which is outrageous it, with just roster build. Ken Palm. The algorithm does take into account if you've been historically good, it trusts you. Like it, it's in the formula to where like you're probably going to be good again. Wow! And so that's why we're we're starting. I mean, last year the roster was bad. We started the season at like number seventy something, and then it took forever for it to realize like, oh my god, they're actually this bad. So like every game in the beginning of the year, it's like you know we were like a ten point underdog against Florida State, and we'd lose by thirty three. They're like, I think I, I don't believe it. Like I, they've never been this bad. There's no way this is true. So I think you're seeing the algorithms like surely to God they're going to be a little bit better this year. This but is, this is why you can only take you can only take your Skynet math over there with the grain of salt. Well, at the end it, it got to where it was supposed to be when it came down to the end of the season. It finally realized that they are they're they're definitely this bad. Well, answer your own question. And do you believe we'll be above or below 109 when it's all said and done? Below. All right. I do think I still think the way. I mean, you've heard me talk about the schedule. I mean, I know year. you think we'll be better than I do, but. The Ken Palm rankings for our opponent. I mean, this is this is the worst non-conference schedule we've put together in a long, long time. Case in point, UMBC is two seventy-three. Okay. Chattanooga is two oh three. Coppin State is three fifty-seven. Again, there are only two hundred or three hundred sixty-three teams in, in, in Division One. Mexico State is one seventy-eight. Bellarmine is two thirty-two. DePaul is one ten. Arkansas State is one seventy-two, and Pepperdine is one ninety. Kentucky is eighteen. In Texas, sixty. Can we, can we, can we, I'm just curious. Was, Gotta win was, was the scheduling unavailable for those teams that were 158, 50, 358, 59, 60, 61, 62? I don't know. We could definitely back on the schedule two years in a row. I mean, yeah. by the way, the, the the projection for Ken Palm, he has us going 13 and 17 and 7 and 13 in the ACC. But didn't they predict us going that last year too? About there. The the, the lowest ranked team in all of college basketball is Mississippi Valley State. Shout out to Jerry Rice. Hey, who, Jerry. Who is 362? Then Lemoyne. Who I think is in their first year in Division One is 361. Houston Christian, our boys from last year, they're 360. Uh, Idaho State Baptist. Where is uh Where is Florida A&M? They're are they? 
climbing the ranks this year. Who was who was our worst loss last year in terms of uh, that was uh, 344 is where FAMU is. Our, our worst loss in terms of like their Ken Palm, Ken Palm yeah. Who was because did I mean, we lose somebody? First, did we lost somebody in the 200s, right? I mean, th- I think the first three teams we lost. I think it's probably Bellarmine, if I had to guess. Uh, Bellarmine finished last year at 262. So okay. Bellarmine was 262. Wright State was 197. Florida State, by the way, was 205. We lost to them twice. And then App State was 181. But A&M was our worst uh, opponent by oh, that yeah. math. And we 359. Did. And we won that game, yeah. By six. Routed them. Crushed them. We're going to beat Simmons College. I mean, you're, yeah, you, I, I mean, is there really any reason why I'm, you should be wondering why I'm, I'm as down as I am? Trevor, we're both down. I, I'm just, I, I, I'm telling I'm you right now. I'm lower you, though. Well, yeah, you think we're going to lose these teams that are like in the three hundreds? I think we're going to, I think we're going to take care of business in the non-conference, and then I think we're going to win a total of like thirteen to seventeen games. I remember when I was young and positive like you, the whole world was ahead of me. I mean, UMBC I had not yet seen the, the terrors that were the, the reality that is life. Also, if we lose to you know if we start zero and three this year, because you know last year Bellarmine, Wright State, and App State were not good teams. UMBC, Chattanooga, and Coppin State are are way worse if we lose those okay. first three games then i'll be like okay we're gonna win two games this year. you're gonna be with me <laughs> yeah if we lose those because it like it will not get any easier than those pass the kool-aid trevor make sure there's a lot of strychnine in it if we lose to coppin state i'm like i'm not i may not watch the rest of the season we may i will have to put a moratorium on basketball talk on the show okay like, <laughs> we're talking women only that's it we're gonna we're gonna read Replay shows from September and October from the Brom era. We just don't even refuse to even acknowledge the men's basketball program. Yeah, I won't be able to do it. It's not going to happen, though. We're going we're to win right. at least five games. We're I'm going to trust you. Thornton Sacks line, 502-414-1450. Text line, get us cheers up here, buddy. Texture does say, want to cheer up. And I do. Sends in a, a quote from Kirk Cousins, who said, uh, listening to Creed's hire before yesterday's game <laughs> might have made the difference in the Vikings win over the Bears. He said, quote, they've got quite a catalog. We started with hire this week. We didn't want to overstep our bounds, so just one higher. Next week, maybe we can see what we where we go from there. I mean, how did do we? How did we start this cringe retreat trend again? It's everywhere. Like I, I feel like it started with us, right? I think it started with the Rangers, who, by the way, are up two zero on the Astros. I know. I Creed wins championship. No, two. I thought it was only one zero. No, oh, they just play. They they're playing right night, now. Yeah. No, I thought last night was game one. They're up two zero. Oh, oh, they're up two zero right now. You mean? No, they're up two zero in the series. Okay. Did they play today? They're playing right now. They're up uh, four to one. Oh, so you're assuming they're going to win? Yes. Okay. That's why I was like, that's why I got confused for a second. Okay. Um, T-Max Phillies is game one tonight, right? Yeah, that is not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I bet on Houston last night. Didn't that pay off? Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he played the Bears, dude, and half that game. They, <laughs> I mean, in the second half of the game, they didn't even have uh, Justin Fields. He got injured right before halftime. The, the guy that replaced him is uh, an undrafted rookie. I like out of yeah, who, who was that guy? I don't know, but the, when you come into the game and you go, he's an undrafted rookie out of it. Wasn't Stetson? It's, it begins with Tyson Badgent or whatever his name, Baggins. And the first thing they say is, he is the son of the world's arm wrestling champion. <laughs> I'm like, well, now I'm expecting to watch him throw this football like at 70 miles an hour. Like you're the arm wrestling. I mean, you gotta have a cannon, right? Uh, the first play, he got sacked and it fumbled, and they turned the ball over for a touchdown. I saw his name like all over the place on, on social media, and yeah, you know, usually I've at least heard of the backup quarterback. He, he I went to like, like oh, yeah. Shepherdsville University. Yeah, you know, I might be like, oh, I, I kind of forgot that guy was in the NFL, or where did he go again? 
I've I've never heard of this person. He's I, I the only reason I even knew who he was is because going through the Madden rosters when I got Madden, I was I, that was my that was when I had that reaction. Was like, who is this dude? Shepherd University undrafted. Shepherd, yeah. How do you become a backup quarterback when you're an undrafted free agent out of Shepherd University? I mean, they just, they just I guess they're the Bears. Yeah, they didn't want to pay. They didn't want to pay a backup. I guess. I think they're I think they're still paying Nick Foles' contract. To be honest with you, his father Travis is a 19-time World Arm Wrestling Champion. He's the guy from Over the Top. That's incredible. Meet me halfway across the sky. <laughs> Texture said, "Plumber definitely needs to learn how to stay focused and not let emotions hurt his play. Maybe a sports psychologist could help him. Might need to travel with the team." I, just, I mean, once he has that first mistake, you can just you can almost see it in his eyes. In his, and that's that's that that's something. I mean, I, I'm sure I, I'm not saying Jeff. That's something this coach staff needs. That's that's on them to get and see if they can fix it. If they can't, then then I mean, we got to figure something out. The problem with the mistakes is they're always so glaring too. It's not like you know he hasn't thrown a pick. You know. He, they always seem to matter. It always seems to be when we have all the momentum and it's like, hey, man, you don't need to go out there and make a hero play. Just don't screw up. And that's when he, like, you know, inexplicably doesn't throw the ball away when there's a pass rusher right in his face or you know, throws the interception in the end zone against NC State or throws the pick six when it seems like we're about to take the lead back. Like, they're always just so – and that's why his play in the Notre Dame game, I think, was so stellar. I mean, he, he didn't do try to do too much. When, when there wasn't something there, he threw it away. He let the defense carry the team. He let the running game carry the team. He just was a game manager. And then it was like he reverted on Saturday to try. I don't know if they're I – mean, could Brom have called a better game? Sure. Yeah. But Plummer also, if he just does – if he just makes the simple plays, I, I feel like we win that game and we win it fairly handily. And he but even like, even like the, the, the sack strip, I mean, it wasn't like – he wasn't making a bad play. He just wasn't paying attention. Now he was. He, like, he, like, he saw the pass rush I, and ran the other way and then just, like, forgot about him. I don't, it, it was it, the it weirdest was, thing I've ever seen. Yeah, because it wasn't, like, the same, like, where he was trying to throw it while going down and, and, and you know, get intentional grounding or doing it. It was worse. He, like, didn't even, wasn't even going to throw guess, the ball away. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that was inexplicable. I mean, if you're, if you're Braum now and you, you see, we see this trend. You, if, if he's in a game against, let's say, Duke, for example, even this right is coming up, and he makes that kind of mistake. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's on a short leash, but you start thinking maybe okay, figure something out here because we don't want to see this, this you know, this wall come crumbling down. Knowing yeah. mentally, he may. I mean, you, you just try to focus heavily on the run for the next couple of series because I feel like I, if, I feel if you take him out to avoid the the, the you know the, the the wall crumbling, I mean, that may make his wall crumble altogether as well. I mean, I don't I don't know where you go. I don't know how to handle because because then on the other hand, you may say. If Plummer feels you starting to call the game more conservatively, which is not in Jeff Brom's DNA, maybe he takes that personally. Maybe he starts pressing even more. Like I think that you know, Brom has tried to call up, dial up some some easy long throws for Plummer in that situation before, and he's had them, and he just hasn't hit on some of them. I.e., the Jamari Thrash throw on. on I mean, he was Saturday wide night. open. Just all you have to do. Is I could have made that throw there. better. I know that's that's. Just I lob it up there. Promise you, I would have thrown it back. The second he went down, I was like, "Well, this is—I—I I, I legitimately, I don't, I'm, this is not hyperbole. I didn't even celebrate when he caught the ball. I was like, "Yeah, we're not going to score. We're not, I didn't think we were going to get a pick six, but I—I I was like, we're either going to settle for a field goal or we're not going to score at all. Like, just you knew something bad was going to no, happen. No, because you knew a touchdown was was it was a, it was a easy as as you can get touchdown right there off the board. Yeah, it's uh, it was. 
He's got to hit those throws. When that was 21-17 at that time, right? Were we down 24-21 when that happened? It was 24-21. You're right, it was, because the big six made it 31. You're right. If you walked in the end zone, we're up 28-24. And then you trust the defense to go and win the game. And I trust that defense throughout most of that game. Texas, did anyone else notice the CW made the crowd noise sound like a sold-out stadium, but then they would show all the 20 people in the crowd? I did notice that. I, I, it did sound loud. They were, were they, were they, I thought they were crowd-sweetening. They did, it felt like they were. I also like that they did the behind-the-scenes look where they accidentally showed the all the replay cameras on the replay review, and there's like 15 cameras. I was like, I want to watch the whole game like this. I was also surprised they went to Trevor as much as they did on the sideline. Trevor got a lot of love. Like, they were going to him like during play-by-play. I'm like... I mean, I feel like, is this a Trevor thing? Like, he needs to talk? Maybe. Well, Trevor. Jen, Trevor. Trevor did the halftime show by himself, too, on the sideline. So, real quick, I, I I noticed online, on I don't even know how this came to my attention, there was a Wagner-Doss stream on Friday night. <laughs> Wagner lost, by the way. I know they did, yeah. I know. So, like, I was like, is this real? Because every now and then you'll see those links for watch this high school game live, and it's like I see him. I see him every week for Wagner games, though. So this one is real, and I went and I looked at it, and, and like I was like, I'll watch. Like I want to see like ten seconds of this, and Wagner picked up like a, I think it was actually they scored a touchdown. They're down like thirty-one nothing, and like there's no crowd noise at all in, in this press box. It's like this guy breathing heavily, and then every now and then talking, <laughs> and like after Wagner scores, like ten seconds later. You hear this very obvious like computer button noise where it's like it's like it's like hey! yeah. it's like it's like this piped in like audio crowd noise. I'm like, why are we doing this? But I almost I tried to clip it and send it to you, but I realized it was gonna be way too much work. <laughs> but I was laughing my ass off. I'm like, I'm gonna watch, I kind of want to watch this whole two hour broadcast now. I, I actually didn't know who won that DOS game until Saturday when I saw my uncle uh, John at the AD at mail, and I was like, like, hey, you won that Wagner DOS game. I was like, I tried to find it on Twitter, but amazingly, not many people were tweeting out the results. And, he, and then that's what he told me. They lost like 38 to 10 or something. Yeah. You had a you had a bad crowd, like uh, crowd sweetening sound. Go listen to some of like the WWE stuff from like the early 2010s. Like when they were getting, their attendance was really down. And they were getting pissed off because they wanted everyone to love Roman Reigns, but no one liked him. And they would, you would just, they would just pump in all the cheers for Roman Reigns. And you see people just thumbs down. <laughs> people just not even like, people just sitting there with like their hands. Yeah, so like I love this guy. yeah, you hear like this cheering. This guy's like sitting on his phone reading his phone. It's like no one's cheering. It was it was very blatantly obvious. One they, don't, that, they don't do it as bad as they do now uh, as they did, but they'll still do it occasionally when they want something to go their way. One thing that I have picked up since it's been pointed out to me is when I watch stand up comedy shows on Netflix or something. You'll have like a, a joke where like the whole crowd like it's like ah, and like they'll show the crowd and you'll see that nobody's laughing. No, yeah, there's no, I'm like yeah. Ooh. Now I, I can't help but see it. I, I look for it every single time now. It, it's in my head. I I know I, I I pick up on it a lot more since I've got into like radio production. Like before, I would never picked up on it like as much. But now since I've been in radio, I'm like I hear little things like that. Texas says, Trevor, let's not make excuses now. It's not my fault you weren't up by noon to take an injured wide receiver out of your lineup. Sincerely, your fantasy father. <laughs> First of all, the game was way before noon. Uh, I did start. I did start the wrong Washington receiver, though. I started the one that didn't play, and the one that played scored like 17 points off the bench. That seems like bench. an error in coaching. I mean, I, I kind of say I was. Well, first of all, I wasn't like where I was. I had no cell phone signal hardly at all for my family. So, and I was there during that game. I had to leave my house. At, I left my house at 12:30, one o'clock. So, Texas says even with all the turnovers and the miscues, Plummer makes a good throw to Thrash, and they still likely win. Classic case of doing everything you could to lose a game. Look, it was, it was the game from hell. 
everything that could have gone wrong in that game went wrong. The 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 weather was bad. The field was terrible for the weather. The you know our our two most dynamic players, one of them was was out. One of them was playing a little bit injured. Uh, the quarterback play was not great. The I thought we got some some bad calls that really stifled momentum. And then we absolutely shot ourselves in the foot every single time we had a chance to seize complete control of that game. And then we allowed their backup quarterback, who was terrible and, and very nervy at the beginning of the game, to settle in and make some big throws at big times. Like, it was just, it was, again, it was everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. That's how you lose by 17 against a team that's not very good and that didn't really play that well. I think I told you this was the first game in a while, which I, I it was after my remote. I got angry. I think it was. I think it was the pick six when I threw it. Now, that's I went a bad place. I went a bad place. I know I was so yeah, no, one hundred percent. And then I started thinking about after the game. And I was like, you know, what well, the, the positive of this is is that like I I I, I, I haven't thrown a remote during a football game in a long time. While it's it sucks that I had there was a moment that caused me to want to throw it. It's nice to be back to have that kind of passion of throwing my remote because I'm I'm mad during it something during a game. It's true. It's that like, is that is a slight positive to it, I guess, to, to for a little bit. It's like being depressed after a breakup. At least somebody and something could make me so happy to feel this bad afterwards. Exactly. Um, we had so we had in our house. By the way, we had this, my my niece was over doing a sleepover. Yeah. So I mean, we, it was the worst possible setup for this type of, <laughs> of thing. I mean, it's just a straight zoo. I'm trying to watch the game downstairs. Like poor Mary, I hear her just like John. Virginia, Audrey, like it's like just like they're like, just constantly yelling at each other. They're constantly just like running around. It's a total zoo. I'm trying like to not yell and keep my emotions in check a little bit because I don't want them to hear uh, either Daddy or Uncle Mike saying the worst like five words imaginable every two seconds. It was bad. The whole night was just, it got away from us. It was terrible. <laughs> I wasn't a bad. Play. The game was summed up when with on the fourth down when Thrash just slips and falls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last. I mean, that was just like what a. Like I'm looking, that happened. I looked down. I was like, "Where's the bingo card of what the bleep can happen?" Next? I was numb at that point. I was like, "Of course." Yeah, of course he's gonna fall down. Of course he's why other announcers just reminding us. Well, if he doesn't slip, he catches that. And he thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> really, thank you. Oh, you know, if I was 250 pounds lighter and had a six-figure bank account, I'd probably be married. Yeah, I mean, he didn't they, fumble the ball. Pitt know. wouldn't have it right now. <laughs> Appreciate that. Jules. <laughs> The obviousness you want to throw there. I mean. was so bitter. I couldn't even enjoy the Kentucky loss, though. I was so bitter. Texture says, I'm still upset about this loss, but isn't it nice to feel feelings about Louisville football game? Yeah, yeah, right yeah, on yeah, right that. I've gone from the city for 15 years. Uh, I've, I've been gone from the city for 15 years now, and each passing year that we continued to be mediocre, the more apathetic I became about the whole program. Football is must-watch TV again for me. It did feel good because I've got, you know, I've got a lot of my closest friends now live away from Louisville, and we have like a, a text group. And in recent years, I have noticed you know, more and more of them are very quiet during games. I'm like, are you even watching? Like, I don't, I'm pretty sure you're not watching the game. And this year, it's been so fun to kind of get the band back together and have every Saturday morning, everyone's talking about the game and everybody's getting all excited. And that's definitely the the Brom effect and the, the, the jolt of enthusiasm that he's injected into the program. So, yeah, it was it was nice in a weird way that this this one hurt so much. It, it, I'm not binging it, but this it, – um... The best way to describe it in my reference ways of television would be the South Park episode where I think Stan is depressed when he gets dumped by Wendy. And then Butters gets And yeah, Butters yeah. cheers yeah. him up. He's like, listen, it, it, the, the beauty thing is, is it, it sucks to hurt this much, but you don't hurt this much if you didn't have the opportunity to love something so much. 
And that's just kind of. <laughs> I'd rather be a crying pee than a sleepy <laughs> emo kid. I mean, first of all, it's but Butters is. I mean, I live my life by Butters. He's the man. Take our last break. When we come back, we'll get through as many texts as we can at 502-414-1450. Then we'll look ahead to the night that we'll be in sports, both on the diamond and on the football field. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Monday edition here on 1450 and 20 minutes here. We have a lot of texts. I got. I do have one to ask you your opinion on one thing, though. Okay, go for it. So, like, so it's the family thing. I, 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 some of my family was giving me grief when we were when I was meeting my, uh, my is it a cousin, my cousin's daughter? I guess. I'd Why are you asking like <laughs> like I would know? Because here's the thing: because you have kids, so I was accused of basically talking to the kids like treating them like a dog. Like, cause I kept, I didn't know how to talk to the baby, and then she's like two and a half. I'm like, like who's a good girl? I was like, who's a good girl? And I, was, I basically just did my routine for the dog, and then I didn't even realize it till I was like, I was kind of playing with the toys, and I'm like, go get it, go get it. And I tossed the toy. She went and grabbed it and brought it back. I'm like, good girl. With a two and a half year old. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's too, that's too old for that. Finally, <laughs> my, my uncle was just like, dude, it's not a dog. <laughs> like, I don't, I didn't even think about it. You don't know. You don't have kids. That's what I said. I don't know to talk to kids, so I talked to them like a. She had fun. We took the kids to uh to Hillcrest yesterday. The you know the big street that's always Halloweened out has a bunch of like mm. and all all the houses go to the nines like they're just decked out in Halloween stuff. And John could not have been in heaven more. Like just <laughs> sprinting from house to house, he's like ghost boo, spider, <laughs> spider. Like he's just he's so happy. And Virginia, like she you know she's doing the thing like the first we're down we go down the right side and we come back up the left side. And we're going down, and she's like, she's like, that doesn't scare me, Daddy. Like, she's like, just trying to like be brave. She's like, I don't, and then finally, we're like getting towards the end. And she's like, I'm a little scared. I'm like, yeah, I know it's it's kind of creepy, but she's she handled it well. They were very excited. They're they're very pumped for Halloween. We're doing boo at the zoo this week. Uh-oh. It's all happening. We're very pumped. We're all focused. It makes getting over the pit loss a little bit easier because I don't really have a choice. We have too much going on with the. Kids. If you're gonna do what, what better way to spend a bye week than at the zoo, right? Damn right. Uh, we'll be there on Thursday night. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. Let's get well, through as many of these as we can. Wait a minute, I, but, but I was supposed to go with you on a rascal. Are you, are you trying to go? I can't Thursday, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to. You're, you're out of town. But I mean, but but next time, when, when's the next zoo zoo atmosphere we can go to? Uh, we do Trick or Treat at Brown Park when that's coming up in a couple weekends. We at what park? Brown Park, right by our house. But that's not the zoo. No, we, we won't. Be, we'll, we'll go back to the zoo at some point. All right. When you get to the zoo and you, you get me a rascal, we're okay. going yeah. to go around. Uncle Trev, <laughs> we're waiting for him. Texture says, uh, 
My seven-year-old son witnessed the first steering wheel smash when we were on our way back from a chili cook-off and plumber through the pick six. I don't know if that's worse than explaining what a F-boy is. Why weren't you home before the kickoff? Want chili cook-off? Yeah, I mean, really, you couldn't have gotten, that could have, uh, yeah. Texas, hear me out. Was this loss actually on Scott Satterfield? Say no more, I agree. Yes. He says, if his Cincinnati team doesn't beat Pitt earlier in the year, is Djokovic, uh, Djokovic playing against us on Saturday? Wouldn't trade Braum for Satterfield. Feeling better about the upcoming Duke game with an upset team coming off that loss. Great point. Excellent. Phil Djokovic yeah. would have been playing against us if not for a loss to Scott Satterfield, i.e. Scott Satterfield is 100% to blame for what happened on Saturday night. Suck at Satterfield. Texas says, guys, if we learn from this pit game, we should be just fine. What did we learn? Put the negative thoughts in the vase and we'll blow out every team left on the schedule. <laughs> I feel like it was personal. They also showed Narduzzi, he's not Narduzzi there was with, acting over the top. like He, he was, was over the top. Like I think I think he was seriously upset about Bring Brom Home Guy. I think Bring Brom Home Guy didn't get in his head. He motivated him. I think he did a little bit. Well, they, they go hand in hand maybe, but yeah. He doesn't annoy me quite as much as... Dave Clawson does, but it's it's close. He he's an annoying coach, for yeah, sure. I mean the the over face reactions to every call. It was like, yeah, come the, the on. emphatic first down point after they pick up like a third and two. I'm like, just oh no, yeah, well, no, when they called him, they they called him, they got the spot and it, it was like the yeah, right on the nose. That's when he went nuts. So I'm like, yeah, dude, like, which so nice of them to measure. They didn't even measure ours. It's like it, it's not like it wasn't at least somewhat close. The ball's like t- touching the 35. I'm like, can we not get the sticks out? I mean, I, I, I'm not saying you can't show some excitement, some some joy, but uh, there's no reason to act like, yeah, you're, you, you don't, don't go to, totally fanboy. Texas says, if you think this loss is hard to talk about, just wait until you have to talk about basketball's first loss on Wednesday. We're not losing <laughs> oh, to Simmons College. Lord. We're not losing to Simmons College. If we lose to Simmons College on Wednesday, I might not come back. The thing is, I'm going to have to be the bad guy. <laughs> I might. I, I'm already calling it. I'm going to have to be the bad guy because we're going to beat Simmons College by 40. And everyone's like, this team... They look like a NCAA tournament team to me, and oh, I'm gonna have to be man. like, guys, we basically just beat Fairdale High School by four. <laughs> like that's, and then everyone's like, oh, you're just a hater. Well, you gotta crawl before you walk, Mike. I'll, look, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm excited to see how we look, but I'm hoping that we at least pump the brakes a little bit and, and realize the competition is going to be, like, pretty much as bad as you can find in college basketball. Let's just say if we blow them out on Wednesday, let's let's try our best to find out ways to. Just delay every game after this. I might just do the opposite, where I, I'm, I'm like, you know what? We are going to win the national championship. I don't see UConn blowing out an exhibition opponent by 40. <laughs> and then Thursday, they beat him by 62. <laughs> I don't care. I might just do that. Trey White's going to average 35 a game. Texas, I don't want to fall into the trap. Uh, I don't want to fall into the trap UK is in of always having an average quarterback and having that hold us back. No, the problem is, is that, I mean, I tell you something. I mean, there's, we're one of the... Like, 85% of the schools out there that have average quarterbacks? I mean. I, the issue, I mean, I think we have gotten spoiled over the years because we've always been in that top 15%. Usually, more times than not, we've been in that top 15% where we have the quarterback that everybody looks at and they're like, why can't we get a guy like that? You know, whether it's Stefan or Brian or Jeff or uh, Browning Nagel or, or Teddy Lamar, obviously. Like, all, all those guys, like, we've been – it's a rarity that we have an average quarterback or a slightly above average quarterback. Like we're used to having we've been spoiled. the elite of the elite. Yeah, we've been spoiled heavily. I mean, it, it just doesn't happen. It should not happen every single year in a program like Louisville. And we've been fortunate enough that we've recruited very well. We've had some guys in our own backyard that have been fantastic. And that's, I mean, that's the issue for Jeff. Like 
you know, I think that we all see that this program could really take off if we had, you know, the type of elite of the elite quarterbacks that we've had over the years. Go, gotta go find that guy. Gotta develop him or get him in the transfer portal. Hey, I said, I said when we first saw him to play, he might have this is kind of a, a Justin, a, a, was it Justin Burke kind of a bridge year? Yeah, that that worked out. That bridged us over to Teddy. So gotta I mean, find Teddy. Whether it's Deuce Adams, Pierce Clarkson, yeah. Harrison Bailey, or Brady Allen, or whoever, they might not be the same type of player and the differences or whatever. But it's it's Burke was an average quarterback, and that's what this kid is. Texas says I wore the same T-shirt for every game this season. The only game that I didn't wear it for was Pitt. This one's on me, guys. I'll take the bye week to reflect on my commitment, and the shirt will be ready for Duke. What, where was, what were you doing? Yeah, why, why, what was the where was the shirt at? My dad did text did me the on, wife take on it Saturday. The laundry room or something. I mean, the vibes were definitely off. My dad texted me on Saturday. My sister had a little. Uh, she, she had a medical deal. She's fine. Oh, but they had to go to the hospital, and my dad was like, you know, first of all, he, he obviously he texted me about Katie first, and was like, yeah, she's this. This is happening. This is happening. She's gonna be okay. And, and then he was like, I can't get my big game sweatshirt on time. You know, on in time for the game. So this is going to be on me. And right then, I knew we were up against it. How far was this house from the hospital? Well, you know, we had to stay there for a while. We could we could get ducked out for a minute. It sounded like everything was fine. Texas said I had a twelve had a priorities team. here, Glenn. Come on, buddy. Texas says I had a twelve team parlay, including UNLV, that got busted by Louisville FML. Oh. That would that that'd be bitter pill. I trust the last week I had a third. I went twelve and one with my only loss being the Texas Red River shootout game. I trust. Texture. That's that's where Vegas loves to smile at you when you get those twelve and ones, and those are those are hurt, man. They hurt. Texture says, "Is there any chance the season spirals?" Yeah, there's a chance. Mm. I don't think it's going to, but there's certainly a chance. I mean, you look at this. If we play that poorly, anybody on our schedule, including Virginia, could beat us. I mean, what would you put the odds of this? The percentage odds of the season spiraling after this game? Spiraling. Let's say spiraling Let's say equals like going six one and four. Six, yeah. One and four or zero oh and five in the last. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, seven percent. Yeah, okay. Eight percent. I'm at like five percent too. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's it's possible. I mean, Jack Plummer can be really bad at times, and you know we've had special teams flubs and we've had bad penalties and we've done stupid stuff. Thing is, though, at least I I I, I like to believe that the defense and running game has they played should. well enough that we yeah we now would they be. Would it be fun victories? Probably not. Would it be just win? Stressful? Probably like NC State level, but I would take Virginia and Virginia Tech still can be victories with bad plumber play. Texas, would you trade plumber and thrash as a package right now to BC if you could get Castellanos in return? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Texas says this loss becomes worse when you realize Satterfield beat Pitt. We don't talk about it. <laughs> Satterfield's last win, wasn't it? Texas says it was. <laughs> I thought he's lost like five in a row. Since. They're two and four overall. Texas yeah. says Jeff should take as much blame as Jack. He's the one who picked Jack out of the portal. He's the one who called the plays knowing Jack's limitations. He's the one who's making questionable game management decisions. As much as we praised him after ND, we can chastise him for his poor game on Saturday. I don't know. I mean. I think the issue was there wasn't. I think he's the. I don't think there was a, a better available option in the portal that would have come here. Now Austin Reed, we initially tried, had an agreement, yeah. and then things happened, and and that fell through, and then they were like, you know what, Plummer knows the system. It's a it's a difficult system to learn. We don't trust some other guys that are out there to learn it in just three months. Um, you know, he's started Power Five football for the last couple of years. Let's bring him in. I don't think there was another guy out there that that was a better fit that we could have gotten. I mean, I think that there's guys, if you want to say, 
player A, B, or C, and there's probably a few out there maybe that you say, well, I think he would have been better talent. Yeah, but is the gap of that talent that you consider him over Plummer, I think that's made up for by what you just said, Plummer knowing this system. That was like, their thinking. For like, sure. I'm thinking he's going, okay, it's Plummer versus, I don't know, Slovic. It's Slovis or whatever his name is. And I, don't know, I wouldn't take him anyway. But my point is, if you look at those two guys, you go, okay, almost 1A and 1B here. I'm going to take the guy at least knows the system. That I mean, that's a, that's a heads up. But especially when you're only talking about one year anyway. Keep in mind, like, Devin Leary was number one or number two on everybody's transfer portal quarterbacks list, and Plummer's been better than him. And Hartman, I think, was number one. And look what we Hartman did to was him. number one. Brennan Armstrong was in the top ten of all these yeah, lists, and he's I mean, been really bad. Um, like you know, it's not like there was a fail-safe option out there. Now, if we could have gotten DJ Uyunglele, would I have taken him? Sure. And then we're not getting Bo Nix. We're not beating out Oregon. Sorry. So I mean, and he wasn't even this year. I think he was. Was he last? Was he there last year? He's been there for a couple years now. Uh, we got. Oh, we, let's go as fast as we can. Let's we have a lot. Through, okay. Texas says torn is way more inspiring than this music that Trevor's playing today. <laughs> it's coping music. <laughs> Texas, can the producer filling in for Trevor play music that's uh, that's come out within the past decade? Wow, I mean, good lord, people, maybe I won't come back. Texas says I blame our loss on multiple night games plus the post midterm exhaustion. Yeah, it was not awful. enough people are talking about yeah, that. Yeah, midterms, baby. Plus homecoming bump for Pitt. Come on. Yeah, it does kind of weird me now. They're like, well, Joe, that's why we picked our home game. I'm coming. Texas, what if Louisville just loses to Simmons College by 20? Well, then the season's over. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the season will be over on October 18th. Texas says, says, Kenny fully mailed it in on 2024 recruiting. We have one commit in TJ Robinson and no one else on the radar. It's almost as if Kenny doesn't anticipate being here after this year. I don't know, but it's weird. It, it, it is weird that we... That was the Petrino thing, wasn't it? It was like, he didn't even recruit because he knew he was leaving. Well, we're, we're, we have five kids in that class that we have scholarships out to. Two of them are, are five-star kids that probably aren't coming here. One of them's a four-star kid that's already cut us, and two of them are players that don't have, like, recruiting pages on any of the sites. So. <laughs> it's not great. Texas, need cheering up? Yeah. How's our boy Scott doing over there at Cincy? Uh, it does cheer for. <laughs> it's hard to still smile a little bit, yeah. Texas says, I want to beat Simmons College so bad that A.D. Jerry Eves fires head coach Jerry Eves. <laughs> Texas says, what say Brom go back to the Schnellenberger book and gives one of the backups a series in the second quarter? As long as the backup doesn't show up, Jack, then we are all good. I mean, maybe I mean, maybe they use this two weeks to see if, if Harrison Bailey's ready or if, if Pierce Clarkson's ready or somebody, and they try to get him into the game against Duke. I don't know. I'm just – I'm sorry. I got distracted thinking, as a coach – or. Has a coach AD or a coach general manager ever fired themselves as the general manager as the coach? It'd be hilarious. I, I mean, mean, I feel like I, I want to say this happened in football or baseball at some point. I'd give him bonus points for That's making me laugh for sure. <laughs> he, he comes in at halftime. This is to say, I haven't let myself go at halftime. <laughs> Today we uh, regret. He, he's a great man. He's a fantastic guy. He's done more good for this program than bad. There's no question about. It. This is the worst part of uh, of of any AD's job. Like Peter Griffin, like <laughs> Peter Griffin is uh, talking to himself on the stand in the courtroom. This is the worst day that I've ever had yet as an athletic director and as a head coach um, <laughs> to make this announcement. <laughs> and I would only think be make that much better is if he was firing a random person. Introducing himself as the next head coach. That'd be great. Like, this guy, Barry Alvarez. I think we're yeah. Well, yeah. I guess he has done that. But uh, the Snyder did it at uh, Kansas State too, didn't he? I don't think he was AD. He wasn't AD. You're right. I think you're right. Yeah. 
But Alvarez only took over, I think, because like, I think did, did he fire the guy or did the guy leave? He took over from like seven bowl games. He would just fire coaches and take over in the bowl game every year. His parents, he, he did build Wisconsin. I think he tried to, to fill in for Bo Ryan. He didn't want to hire Greg Gard. He's like, I'm taking over basketball too. Texas, the Creed craze started months ago when they announced they were getting back together as a band. Oh, that must have been what it was. You're right. I'm sorry. Texas, Mike, you really believe after last year that we'll win 15 games? That seems like an impossibility this year. The schedule's terrible. Like, we're going to, I think we'll win between 13 and 17 games. That's, and, and that's awful. Like, I, I don't People act like I'm being overly positive when I say that. That's a terrible season. Like, that's one of the worst global teams we've ever seen. You are betting on me, uh, me having a higher ACT, ACT score, though, aren't you? Uh, no, I think we'll beat your ACT score. Oh. Texas Palau Community College must have sent Trevor's acceptance, acceptance letter by snail mail. I really thought he would have gotten a reply by now. Suck at Yale. Yeah, where, where is Yale and uh, the, the Senator Blumenthal at? You want to act first. First come, first serve. I should call, I should call Blumenthal's office on the air one day. Texas says, what do, we ha- what do we have to play for the rest of the season? Get to 10 wins and slap a Tier 3 bowl game on a bourbon bottle like UK does. Yeah, I mean, if, if you if we went out, we're probably playing for the ACC title, and we're probably going to the Orange Bowl at the very, very least. There's a lot to play for. Texas, I was so excited to make that first batch of chili this fall and watch some football, and then hard to swallow curse words, anger, frustration, tears, and chili all at once. It does have doing some chilly weather out there, isn't it? It's a bad Saturday. Texas, when is Andy's TV getting to the NIL game? Not soon <laughs> enough. We need him. Texas, somebody, something that nobody talks about is how bad Brock has been at punting outside of the Georgia Tech game. I think that led to Brom likely going for it uh, from the 35 as well. We never flip the field on punts. Other teams do it to us. He's not been good. And we've, we used Brady Hodges, the kid from Trinity, a, a couple of games ago for a punt. He didn't hit one either. We're like 113 in the country in punt average. And that's it. Like our longest ones are the ones that he, like, line drives and they come up 10 yards short and just roll because the, the returner can't get to them. By the way, that, uh, that, that uh, like, unnecessary roughness when they, they were, were barely pushing the pit players, he was still running out of bounds, was BS. It was BS. And it, like, A horrible I was, call. If they had called roughing the punter, which they should have, like, Travelstead got drilled, they called running, so it wouldn't have been a first down for us anyway. But if they called the roughing and it had been offset by that call, I would have lost it because yeah. that would have been – so he was he was still going out of bounds. He didn't even tackle him. He just he gave him a shove. He was barely shoved. Yeah. Texas, let's be honest, guys. The CW Frog is the one to blame for the loss. No question. Blame it on the WWE. Texas, did you guys see this tweet from Ruben Owens' dad that has since been deleted? Uh, his dad tweeted, shaking my head, you got a five-star running back that catch like a receiver, but you not using him. This is starting to get old like for real. Mm. Uh-oh. Couldn't see that coming. Paradise is breaking down in uh, in, in Texas A&M, huh? Paradise is breaking down. <laughs> By the way, I'm not picking Texas A&M again ever this year. Did he get beat this week? I can't remember. Yeah, you, there was one game you got on me. Tennessee beat, beat Texas A&M. Oh, that's right. I covered that. was one of the few games I covered, too, yeah. Texas, if Kenny stops recruiting, can we fire for college? Let's stop. <laughs> we haven't even played Simmons College yet. Texas, it was good seeing Sarah Michelle Geller still getting some work reporting on the sidelines with Trevor about in-game injuries. I'm still <laughs> pissed that we lost. Bad game plan for both play callers on both sides of the ball. Poor execution just made the play calling stand out much more. Was that oh. Sarah Michelle Geller down there? I didn't see her. <laughs> uh, tonight, first of all, we've got the MLB right now. The Rangers are putting it on the ass. Well, it's not as bad as I thought it was. 5-2 Rangers lead the Astros at the end of the fourth inning. Diamondbacks, Phillies, game one, 8-0-7 on TBS. Gallon versus Wheeler. TK, who you like here? Oh, man, Cal and Wheeler, that's going to be a good matchup. It's in Philadelphia, right? It's in Philly, yeah. I'm going to take Philly to win this one because it's in Philly. I think the Phillies are sweeping. Uh, so I think they get you it done. Right. I think they get it done tonight, and they're going to get it done the series. 
They're going to play the Rangers. Tonight, 8-15 on ABC. Cowboys on the road taking on the Chargers. Dallas is a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. TK, who you got? Uh, take the Chargers win. Uh, Chargers Ooh. win this game. Uh, twenty-seven to twenty-twenty-three. I like. It. I'm gonna go. You, you're the NFL whisperer these days, but I'm going Cowboys win and cover. Uh, I'll say twenty, twenty-eight, twenty-four. Let's get it. If up. the Chargers is this one, where it's you, you might be done with Brandon Staley for a while. Right, we gotta get out of here. TK, safe travels. He'll be out the rest of the week. We'll oh, still uh, keep soldiering on with Adam. Everyone have a fantastic Monday night. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at three o'clock. Go cards. Yeah. Just one piece of advice.